Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. I'm Kevin. And I am Boy. <laughs> boy. <laughs> well, from the amount of boys that we've uh, opened this episode with, you can kind of gain a sense oh that God. today's very special episode, we are doing the Dad of War Parent Cast, <laughs> as notated by my, my co-producer, oh. Daniel, over here. <laughs> See, I wrote it, and I thought it would be super, super yeah. corny, and I was like, he's going to look at him like, what is this? Nonsense? I loved it. <laughs> I looked at it, and I was, it made me happy on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode is a going to be a, a review cast on God of War our thoughts, but also a how to par- parenting guide. Maybe a, yeah. a parenting guide we never got that we think you should have. Hey, new parents, like take those fucking <laughs> those stupid books written by so called I'm doing air quotations experts and just fucking throw them onto a pyre, man. Because we're gonna teach you how to parent good <laughs> today. <laughs> One legendary chest at a time. So um. Uh, totally not a manufactured moment, but uh, he has scripted that we need to have five to ten minutes of catch-up. <laughs> We've been playing otherwise, and then get to talk about God of War. Listen, today. okay, so our last episode, Infinity yeah. War podcast, right? big shebang, jamboree as you call it, it was uh, we didn't really do any of that there. And we hadn't touched base with our listeners... In like months, they don't know what we're playing. Otherwise, they don't know or what, what we're, we're up doing. to. See, they don't. They don't t- know that we move. They, they don't, don't know. tune in for the video games. They tune in the, to know about our pretty much our the day to day, our heterosexual partnership that we've maintained for nearly eight years. I think that's what they're more in tune to. You think other people are noticing that too? Absolutely. Oh, shit. Absolutely. Okay. Well, as you always like to tell everyone that I know, you are my longest relationship. <laughs> It's a funny note. I fucking hate it. It's weird. We need to end this. It's good, though. I'm kind of proud of it. Can we go to Disney for If we get years? to 10 years, yeah. dude, we should erect a statue. Okay. Of us erect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Anywho, God. Anywho, what have you been playing, Daniel? Um, yeah. Well, a lot of God of War, obviously. We're going to touch no, down. No, 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 no. So see, the notes that, you, that my co-producer, Daniel, wrote said that we oh have to God. talk about what we've been playing otherwise. I'm saying that... <laughs> Okay. Because... You broke the rules. For a month straight, that's all I've been playing. Okay. You too. No. Shut up. But... It's, it's only been out a month. We'll come back to that. I mean month straight. Okay, go, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, what, yeah. what have you been playing? Otherwise, recently... Yes. Uh, well, last night, I stayed up until about like three in the morning because I went game crazy. I went just... <laughs> oh, just okay. I got a little too high and I went game crazy because I, I wanted a platinum God of War, mm-hmm. which I did. Got through that. Barreled it. Whoa, 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 whoa. You what? did what? Platinum God of War. Platted! Boom, platted. Mm. Uh, I went home. Well, I went to work. I had three trophies left, including yeah. the platinum. And I was like, all right, cool. When I come home, I'll finish up artifact collecting. And I'll do the Trials of Muselfheim, which is like that huge thing. And Trials of Muselfheim? Nice. Muselfheim? I don't know. Mu- muscle fame. Muscle fame. What did I say in my that's, head? That's where the fame comes from. Right, and, right, and right. guns. So uh, you picked up a game last night? Yesterday? Uh, well, yeah, because it came out yesterday. Okay. And I was going to go to GameStop. Name it. The- <laughs> it's one of the dumbest names this is interrogation uh, at this point okay because this is not just like a casual purchase you've made no you, you i knowingly made this mm-hmm. night of Go full ahead. retail price no safe for tax because i got it digitally um through the playstation network Did but they, uh, they have they started taxing in washington for digital purposes because no, 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 i remember no. that they PSN said they or i'm sorry kotaku said that they might start doing that no. for like three states. washington's still nice enough to the point where i actually got money back for this purchase what? so that yeah. makes sense so <laughs> Last night, I got Quantic Dreams' newest cinematic French noir thriller. 
Detroit become human. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm. Uh, mm. I, I could I call becoming human. It makes more sense. It feels like more of a complete sentence. Call it whatever you want. Like they, they don't even care. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm no one's about... gonna be talking about this game after like four months anyway. So people are gonna be joking and memeing on it still though. Yeah, it's gonna probably. take one really bad glitch, a la like Mass Effect a drop in a style, and I'm people hearing, are gonna shit on it. I'm hearing some real, real <laughs> uh, divisive things. Uh, there's some camps that are like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. It's, it's, you know, it's a pretty, you know, it's a David Cage game. It's not subtle. It's not supposed to be subtle. And then I'm hearing other people I was like, this is pretty on par for being a disappointing Quantic Dream experience. Yeah. I mean, it is to the to the T a David Cage game. It opens like you know. Despite all my rage, <laughs> I'm still just a David Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. No, but it, it opens in a really crazy, like, cinematic way. Uh, you get introduced to this character um, that is just... Which it, character? They, I think they launched at the E3 2016 trailer um, when they showed our first glimpse into Detroit Become Human. <laughs> that we would Sorry. be taking the... So that name just... The, the pilot of, of an android named Connor. Uh, yeah. A detective android uh, that they use for crime purposes and whatever. Gotcha. And... That's who you see in that first one. That's who you play as in that first scene, and you're basically coming across like this crime scene and doing all that stuff. It's very cinematic, and it, you go through areas quite like you already have as Detective Nam and Jaden from Nam and Jaden. Quantic Dreams Heavy Rain. Uh, I almost thought it was voiced by the same dude too. Oh really? But yeah, you so you as an android, all of them they have programmed unless they're like lower echelon models. They have like um, AI. And, like, what is it called? Like, geomapping of rooms? Like, they can basically map out a room and see stuff that's in it that could, like, be advantageous to them or whatever. whatever. Okay, and that's already, like, laced in their, their yeah, eyeballs so, or so it's, it's programmed in Norman Jaden had to bust out yeah, those sunglasses. The Ari sunglasses. Right. Yeah, yeah. Adi. Right, looking real fresh. Adi, show me boy in Sua. <laughs> <laughs> what do we know about this? Not anything. <laughs> anything. I don't know anything, anything. Mr. Maz. But... <laughs> So oh, you yeah. already you're hitting same character beats and it's cool you come up uh this android's taking a child hostage because the family decided they wanted to get another version of that robot. It's really over the top, super dramatic. The writing is David Cage. Like he doesn't know when to bring it down a notch and maybe that's okay for French cinema, yeah. but like in video games it's just a little bit much. <laughs> it seemed like a bit much yeah. as I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah both times you, you, i'm talking yeah. about it now and you watch it you watch me play as connor who is that first bot um after that scene unravels cool cool you actually get a player map at the end of like all the choices you make and where you could have made different splintering choices and gone off to different like dialogue trees or something else like it maps it out after each scene oh okay it's re- really neat um if you decide to want to go back and do it all um <sighs> second scene you play as Kara from that other tech demo really cool super cool you remember Kara? Uh, I think from a hundred years ago. Well, that was the one they originally were like, "Hey, yeah. you want to see this really, really beautiful looking android?" Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that, and everyone's like, "Oh, this is gonna be fucking great." Yeah, the, the details on it are fucking astounding. Like the, this game is a beautiful game, and I think that's why people will talk about it outside okay. of it just being schlocky. Um, which I I don't think it's completely schlocky yet. I played through about two hours, and it handles like I imagine it would. L- let me ask you, super tanky. Um, uh, what's that one game? Uh, Beyond mm-hmm. Two Souls. Is that still a game? It is still is that still something that Quantic Dream did? It is. Oh, then fuck them. Fuck them forever. <laughs> fuck everything about them. Fuck David Cage. Fuck, fuck that oh. studio. Fuck, fuck, yeah. Go away. Okay. <laughs> Actually, they... This episode is brought Sorry, to you I, by... I, I just... That, that game just... I don't know. There's something about... Like, I don't... I'll let you borrow a, it. It's not a horrible, horrible fucking game. It's just a goofy story. Like, I keep on saying, like, if it wasn't a video game, if mm-hmm. you filmed 
all of that, in order. it would still... If it's not just a bad game, it would still be a bad story. It'd be a bad movie. <laughs> so with, with the... I don't know. The, it still makes me mad. With part. the free version they released on PSN this month, yeah. they actually have like a, a chronological order. So you can play it as a kid leading up to the most futuristic events of her life. So they do it chronologically, but I don't oh, wow. I don't think that game would make wow. it any better playing Yeah, that, that might that might fix it all in my <laughs> head. Maybe a little bit. Uh, the same thing they did to Arrested Development, too. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I wonder if it's... How are you liking that so far? Is it making sense like that? That's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Like, you, you still can't get away from the fact that, like, literally there's cast members that couldn't be in the same place yeah. at the same time, and so that's why you never you don't see them together for, like, huge stretches of time. That's true. It, and they're still okay. reusing the same scenes. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's still funny. It's yeah. still funny. Okay, uh, la- so... Last words. It's cool. It's pretty. Uh, I don't want to hear any I'll t- more words. I'll tell you more about <laughs> it later. Okay. Yeah, right. please. What have you please. been gaming on? Can you play a little bit more of that? Uh, I've actually picked up a... Okay, so... I bought another Switch game, which, and I checked the math. That brings up my average of uh, pretty much my purchases are one Switch game per year. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm excited to see what I'll pick up in uh, 2019. Okay. But the second Switch game that I fucking picked, Hyrule Warriors, mm-hmm. uh, Definitive Edition. It is the third time this game has hit the market the first time on the wii u where i heard nothing but good things about it on the wii u but of course you know neither of us were going to make the plunge to pick up that system it didn't make sense for us to do that and i knew down the pipeline they were going to re-release it on the 3ds and that's where i reserved it for i didn't even think the feature set was that cool like the stupid wii u gamepad and the tablet it still doesn't make sense like i don't i don't like holding it It doesn't feel good it feels too much like a toy but i got it on the 3ds it was a lot of fun that's when they had all the expansions and extra characters like linkle and all the new worlds and stuff linkle she's a badass she's fucking like john wick the she's fucking john wick she's she's a gender bent john wick she has nothing to do with link link is not nearly that link is dead in this universe he's what well you can barely jump with link she's doing like fucking somersaults and backflips dead fishing come on don't just say he's dead like the story begins with link's death (laughs) like no linkle rising from the ash so it's very much it's very much a musou game uh dynasty warriors game from like the foundation of it Mm -hmm. but the way that it uses like the different elements of the zelda universe and matches it together in one cohesive kind of like experience is really neat like all these callbacks are just neat as fuck and it you wouldn't expect some of the things that they bring back and you're like oh wow that's interesting that you've made that a gameplay element and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like boss battles are actually interesting in this game. Yeah. And it's something that they fucked around with uh in what is that, Dragon Quest Heroes? Which I thought was really interesting because beforehand in like Dynasty Warriors, it's always like, here comes Lubu. And all that's different about him is that he's annoying as fuck to fight and he has a huge health pool. Okay. But in this game, you actually have uh parts where it's like you gotta break off certain parts of a of a beast to knock it down, and it there's this kind of um counterattack wheel, I guess you can call it, where if you if you get that uh, the the wheel all the way down, mm. then you do this fucking huge attack against it for some big damage. It's really neat and really like interesting. And the way that they do um, items in the game too is that you'll go through a level and you'll get these little bags that are floating in the middle of the map, and it just says materials and materials and weapon granted, weapon or weapon grabbed. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, you actually get not just weapons for the character that you're playing as, you'll get weapons for the other characters, and you'll oh. be like, oh shit, dude. I want to try out uh, Midna right now because mm-hmm. I just picked up something like fucking huge damage or has it like a cool buff on it. And you can actually uh, meld certain like aspects of a weapon, like uh, I guess whatever its perks you want to say, mm-hmm. with 
with like another weapon that you favor and ship. Of course, it costs like you know, rupees or whatever, but you get yeah. rupees up the ass in that game. That every enemy every, drops them. You fight like nine hundred enemies you kill, around. They just explode into into money. I don't like, know if it's like an allegory that Nintendo's trying to do about like capitalism, consumerism will be your defeat. But when you when you actually benefit from the pain and suffering of the upper upper class, you become the upper. I don't I don't know what they're. I never thought about it like that. Yeah, I, I and I spent a lot of time on Hyrule Castle. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes some of the gameplay is kind of repetitive so you have a lot of time to think about these things that's true <laughs> but it's still really fun cool like and i kind of i keep on gravitating to wanting to go back but i do like having the switch back in play uh because you know it's it's there's not i don't always want to come home and play like on the tv like i look at a fucking computer screen like all day mm-hmm. anyway so it's nice to like oh let me just fucking lay on my back and like oh i have the switch undocked and i'm like going through the game that's like, the 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 main draw of the system right in action i think with like the, with a game like higher warriors you love those miso style gameplays you get addicted to them like every I time a game like too. that comes out you play it for like a year straight i feel like getting yes. all the characters don't but, you tell me how I so live. you to be able to play this game on your back and like just yeah. relax like that and, and why with such chaos like that's cool that you can do that now because like, <laughs> they're with such chaos because <laughs> they're, they're legitimately some you're, days you're painting the picture of like henry portrait of a killer <laughs> like just wait i don't i don't thrive in chaos dude. there's gonna be a lot of chaos this episode don't there you are about it. there are spoiler spoiler spoiler, spoiler. fuck dude well okay <laughs> rewind but it's cool i'm glad you're liking it and I do uh, enjoy it. you know what i do uh however when hmm. i when i play this game i think about other potential miso games like i was thinking about like what if like you played like a predator okay and you're just fighting hordes of xenomorphs and you can be different kinds of predators like one of them's like the spear predator like different weapons and such that would be fucking neat that'd be super neat yo is that coming out with the new shane black movie it's like buy Uh, buy a fucking buy a copy of what is it Buy a co- Alien Warriors. Buy a movie Warriors. theater, get Alien versus Warriors. <laughs> no, the other way around. <laughs> oh, okay. Buy a copy of the game, get a free ticket to see the new Predator. I don't think I really... Well, I mean, I'm going to see the yeah. new Predator. I just... <laughs> the trailer is... Whew. Yeah. Whew. All right, can we get into the main event, my friend? I'm dying to. I'm dying, dying to talk to? about it, yeah. So we're going to finally... We're going to do the... Sorry, hang on. Let me reference the sheet. The Dad of War parent cast... <laughs> is what he's so proud of listen so I, we're, we're gonna do go go ahead i thought it would have been smart to like kind of have like a little outline not like a script just like talking points words that we can reference and and have words there. for reference and so i wrote this down and i was like okay this sounds kind of corny he's probably coming and look at it and be like this is dumb but you looked at it and you're like i like this i like this a lot. i do like it <laughs> i i mean i know you have an issue with our off the cuff style sometimes because like well mm-hmm. you know we want to talk about something and then four hours later you know <laughs> we've, we've recorded a bit one too much. save room epic later it does i i never think about you know how difficult the editing process is for you and i still don't i don't care you don't so let's so whereas you i'm gonna say whereas Uh, you might not even get through an episode i've probably listened to that episode like two or three times i I know what i sound like i know (laughs) and i know what i sound like through a car stereo so Mm. i'm good to go so god of war so this is kind of our review cast open discussion parent cast parent yeah parent cast (laughs) (laughs) and uh we're dying to fucking just dive into this. I'm glad that you did write something to collect our fucking thoughts, or else I'll just be like fanboying over <laughs> this goddamn. Puppy. You like that? I like, like that a lot. Drink every time we say boy. Yeah, every <laughs> get, get get your boy. mead ready. Let's go. <laughs> so okay, so this is kind of if you're not in the known, you should be in the know, especially mm-hmm. if you're listening to these beautiful safe room boys. This is mm. kind of a reboot, but it is still rooted in the continuity 
and lore of God of War, the previous mm-hmm. and or the Kratos first three is games. Mythos and, and what yes. happens to him. Uh, think more of it as kind of a re like a mechanical reinvention that still mm. carries forward the story, but it's uh, it's very similar to what Capcom did with Resident Evil Four, mm-hmm. where it is a very different beast of a game, but it's still like rooted in the DNA and essence of that series. Is it still recording? Are you worried? <laughs> It's still recording. Keep, going. Keep talking about okay. the DNA and the essence. <laughs> so, and I, I actually, even a comparison that was made, I think, what, Tim on Kind of Funny made the comparison. Yeah, yeah. Where, Tim like, The pacing is very similar, and I actually agree with that. I was like, yeah, it's a very, mm-hmm. despite being kind of a large game, it still feels like a compact game, a very tight experience. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good. Like, how did you feel, like, first, like, diving into this, like, when you actually were able to control... Kratos. Um, I mean, I I had that same thought because they previewed it at E3 2016. That's yeah. when we first heard that they'd been working on it. I guess they had been working on it actually since like 2013. That's when like Corey came back to Corey Santa Monica. Uh, Barlog. Yeah, Corey Barlog. Right. He he came back to to Santa Monica Studios to work on this game. And he so said that, it took about five years. Yeah, actually. so that's like more than halfway through the production process and everything. So, and they had that little demo of it, and I looked at it. I was like, okay, it doesn't like. I was pumped. I was so pumped because, like, the way you felt about Resident Evil 7 and the Midnight Hour demo yeah. and all that yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's how it was for me and God of War because I love that series initially. Those first three entries, like, they right. were everything. But, did, like, you, did you platinum, like, uh, yeah, you platinum part three? I platinum part three, yeah. All right, right, right. Um, I played it twice, actually, because the first time I played it, I didn't have a PS3. I played it on my roommates, but different roommate. Wait, you platted it for somebody else? No, no, I played it on theirs I initially. About to say. Yeah. I ended up renting it for Blockbuster when that was a sl- still a thing. And I'm just like, can you, want, can you platinum some games for me? I'm going to give you a bunch of like, Naruto <laughs> games to platinum you, to some add, add out my score. You yeah. got to gotta pay me for it. But yeah. um, So when they did that Maybe demo reveal, I wasn't sure how it was going to play. The, the Leviathan Axe, which is now what it's been revealed as then, it really wasn't. I was like, okay, well, the blades seem like they're gone. It seems like a different, more weathered, matured Kratos. Uh, and from the gameplay, it actually seemed very much more grounded, a little more uh, weightier. Yeah. So, like, initial impressions of it, I'm like, okay, it like you said, it will feel like a refreshing take and a revitalization. And it, it gets the, the soul and the core and essence of Kratos mm-hmm. and those original three games, not none of the fucking offshoot games, the mobile game or whatever. Ascension. Yeah. <laughs> like, kudos to you guys for doing it, because I'm sure that's hard work. But, like, no. The, the, the main through line is those first three games leading up to this. But... I, I think it nails that, that RE7 feel of taking in the, the reins of what made that series and that particular iteration good, mm-hmm. expounding on it, spinning it a little bit, like you said before, not reinventing the wheel, but like maybe adding some cool flourishes to it and making it more stylistic. And yeah, it's just, it's neat. It's it's a kind of a love letter to what they've done before and where the original three games are all flash and, and bloody excellent gore and just ridiculousness this is heartfelt and thoughtful and it feels like a like a memento of like what they could have done and what they have done it's great it's, it's brilliant i like of all the games i played in recent memory this has resonated with me in the top tiers of like the last of us and horizon it's it's amazing i think that's actually a, a pretty astute comparison because horizon in the very same way, didn't like reinvent the wheel of like what open world games were, but it took like the best elements from like different games yeah. and brought them together in this melting pot. And I feel God of War very much is the same thing, where it's like, oh shit, it feels like Batman, Arkham uh, Asylum. It feels okay. a little bit like uh, the Tomb Raider reboots. It, it feels, but it still has that essence of God of mm-hmm. War to it. It's just, it's still brutal. It's still cool, but it's, yeah, like you're saying, it's a more thoughtful approach to the character, and it actually has Kratos kind of 
wrestle with who he is and mm-hmm. still still kind of reference the the mythology of the character as well in those previous games because it's not just like a complete disconnect where no. it's like just because he's in a removed setting now uh if you didn't know he's in the uh kind of a midgard mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's a north in- setting and like we'll, we'll say probably like the 12th 13th century because that's around the time a lot of these characters were alive these characters were alive yeah like in in i guess whatever you want to call it that old greek or not greek norse book um Sigmund Freda or whatever it's called. Um, they say that Thor, Odin, all these characters, they were around in like the 13th century, 12th century. Oh, okay. So, right yeah. So this takes place like maybe a thousand years after what happened um, to him initially. And that ghost of Sparta, like it's still over his shoulder, still kind of bothering him this entire yeah. time and, and driving some of the his motivations <laughs> and the things he does with his son, Atreus. Okay. So before we get more into it, mm-hmm. this is the spoiler warning. This is where we're going to dive into mm-hmm. the spoilers, but just like a very, like just a very basic overview from between nine and 10. Mm-hmm. What's the score you would give this? Um, the, the, could I recommend it? Is it a good game? Does it have staying power? All that. But you can only give it a rating of either between nine and 10. Okay. So this game gets a save room. Great. And save also, great. I only have two hands, okay. but I'm giving save room hand jobs to Corey Barlog, oh! everybody in that Santa Monica oh, studio shit. office. Get get over here, guys! You're getting it. Come on! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got my good gauntlets on. They're upgraded, and we're doing it. Oh, it's gonna be like an awesome blossom of cocks in here. <laughs> the fucking game developers, apparently. But at least we get to meet some of our idols. True. Um, True. But I would give it a great a, a ten out of ten. It is a modern Damn, masterpiece. 10, probably so. one of my favorite games in recent memory. If I had to give it a number, it'd be a fourteen. Fourteen out of ten. Good. No, not about anything. Just really fourteen by <laughs> like, itself. You feel like the number fourteen is a very numerically strong number. It's a strong fucking yeah. number. Yeah, for sure. It's good. <laughs> you can hold up. You can hold up a lot of things yeah. with the number fourteen. Okay. Let me ask you: Did no. you were you a fan of the original three games from the PS2 and PS3 era? So definitely, when I played uh, Part One on the PS2, I was super fucking impressed and super into it. And mm-hmm. I was definitely uh, way younger, and I was into that kind of ilk of game. Like yeah. Devil May Cry was also another one that was kind of like blew my mind because there was nothing on that like on the PlayStation One or N64 yeah. necessarily. And I think God of War definitely set a mold unto itself. But I was never. I'm gonna be one of those bitches, those hipsters on Twitter saying like I was never into the character of Kratos, but like I honestly wasn't. Like the first one, I was cool. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's like oh shit, especially the track. Like very, his background is tragic, kind of which fits with you know Greek mm-hmm. mythology. Uh, but part two and three, like two, was, it was pretty good. And I know a lot of people kind of like argue like whether whether or not like that ranks above the first one or not. Mm-hmm. But it was more of the same to me. In part yeah. three, I was just like, damn, this guy's angry. Really, for no reason at that point like i he, he's just impenetrable like <laughs> right. I, I can't relate to the guy like it was just like you're just a fucking ball of hate dude and i'm not really into that <laughs> that fucking power fantasy of just like i want to rip and tear and fuck everything up and like i, I don't know like i just wanted more of a, a little more of an oomph to it it's true know? i mean his original story was compelling he was tricked by the gods by the original god of war Ares to kill his family he yeah, was yeah, a, re- yeah. a regular old soldier uh spoilers of a fucking 11 year old game at this point whatever but um he was tricked so he gets on this path of vengeance to become the god of war and he seats himself amongst them and he's still discontented and just angry and angry and he wants to kill and kill and it's just like after a while like on a gameplay level you can engage with it but on an emotional narrative level you get disconnected because it's like where is his dimension right that's where i was like there's like it's not there um because because at a certain point i'm just like i just feel like i'm playing as a psychopath 
Which, yeah. Which is why this game is Literally. so <laughs> interesting and fam- like familiar in the sense that if you go back to films like Unforgiven, where... No, seriously, Unforgiven okay. with Clint Eastwood, where he plays a character who was a gunslinger back in the day, but has hung up his guns, but he's thrown into a situation where he's asked to... He's like reluctant to get into it, but he has to save the day or fight the bad guy, shoot up whoever's, you know, fucking him over, essentially. Kind of like how Logan was, too, where it's like the dude hung up the claws. You know, I like Kratos is there. He has basically ran away to Midgard to run away from his past Mm -hmm. and necessarily like embrace a new lifestyle. Like he he, he's met a woman that he fell in love with. Faye. uh, Faye. Mm Mm-hmm. And un- and had a son with her, Atreus. And the game starts with uh, her death. Are we going into spoilers or are we just doing a Yeah, we're already spoilers. Okay, cool. Sorry, we're breaking the door down. Fucking God of War style. Yeah, fuck off. Spoilers. Fuck off, guy. <laughs> I just wanted to make... I wanted there to be a defining point yeah, yeah, yeah. right off. here. Okay, cool. Do you want you want me to sound off an air horn <coughs> next time? <laughs> what, do you, what do you want? Boy? Right. Boy? <laughs> the loudest boy in the world. <laughs> it shakes the fucking speakers boy <laughs> all right the boy okay. spoilers so yeah atreus so the, the game picks up uh Faye has passed away mm-hmm. and you're actually collecting firewood for her uh funeral mm-hmm. pyre essentially and that's how the game starts sorry yeah. sorry everybody i'm sorry i broke your hearts um and <laughs> It to me kind of seemed like Kratos was away for like a little while, uh, for one reason or another. Because like there's kind of this kind of disconnect where he mentions that Atreus especially mentions that you know his mom was basically rearing him and taking mm-hmm. him hunting and teaching him like you know her ways. Yeah. And Kratos was elsewhere. Yeah, he he makes a lot of mention of Kratos having been absent throughout right. all that, and I don't remember where whether it's through conversation or written notes. But he talks about like him being gone, and it hmm. it was to a point where I wasn't actually sure initially of Atreus's and Kratos's relationship. If it was sort of a paternal biological father son, or if he was a stand-in figure, and maybe because Faye died, he I know, came you, along. You keep on mentioning it, you're like, I'm not even sure if it's well, his son. I'm just like, it, it was just this kid. Yeah, it was just within like the first thirty minutes to an hour because okay. like I there was still a vagueness about it, and I hadn't I hadn't looked into much about this game because I wanted to go in cold. I wanted to feel refreshed and just wowed on every corner so i feel like you definitely feel that yeah this kind of awkward a little estrangement between the two of mm-hmm. them as they yeah that's a good word estrangement yeah especially in the first few hours and you know there's this kind of back and forth um between the two and then that, that honestly i'm gonna say it i'm gonna be fucking gush over mm-hmm. it that is the heart of the game the heart of the game is their relationship, mm-hmm. and not because it's like, oh wow, it's it's this bastion, a, a shining example of parenthood mm-hmm. and feeling. And get no, not really. He, he's kind of a dick still. He's he's definitely a <laughs> he, dick. He's still Kratos. Like as much as this game like reinvents what God of War is, you're still at the core Kratos. He's still Kratos, <laughs> and he may, and you get a sense that he's maybe not equipped. Mm-hmm to do this to, yeah. to to embrace fatherhood again but he has to because i mean his his wife passed away and he has to step up to that role exactly and it's interesting to see the dimension you get here because throughout the original games his family's dead like his wife and his daughter you never get to at see his the, hands yeah you never get to see the interplay of him 
other than wearing their ashes everywhere, you don't mm-hmm. get to see them interact. Um, so it's cool to see that dimension with him and Atreus and, and, and kind of see him also be introspective of his behaviors and who he is. Right. That's <laughs> the thing that's so interesting. There, you can tell, like, he has had a lot of time to kind of reflect on what he is. And mm-hmm. there's this inner conflict with him, but struggling to, to cope with the godhood, essentially. Yeah. And he keeps it secret. In fact, Atreus has no idea that mm-hmm. his father is a god or that Atreus himself is a subsequently god. god. Yeah, yeah subsequently I mean, god. Uh, along the way, he makes like interesting little uh, comments because like Atreus is with you for like the majority of the game, basically, and he says, "Wow, I didn't realize how strong you were." Like, right. mom always said how strong you were, but he doesn't right, realize right. it until like you get to those scaling moments where like, okay, you're not just like killing something; you're lifting a rock. You're uplifting a temple you're climbing a mountain and these feats like are revealed to him it's like you're not who i think you are huh and it's like you, again those little moments are yeah. what makes that fucking game there's there's a few pivotal just conversations just conversations in this game i can't believe i'm saying it about a god of war game right the conversations Games that weren't really make it they weren't known for their dialogue before no and so there's a lot of moments uh, when you're traversing the kind of open world mm-hmm. think close circuited open open world kind yeah. of like Tomb Raider or it Batman. Is, that's, that's, when you mentioned that earlier, yeah. those are the two comparisons that I was like, okay, he's mentioning it because of that closed circuitry. Yes, yes, yes. Because it is an open world, but not in the sense that like Horizon or even Zelda is. Not It doesn't touch that. It's very reined in. It's very manageable. It's constrained, yeah. but it still has that kind of feeling where it's like, well, I, I still have freedom within this world, which yeah. is such a good approach to it. Such, such a good approach. And it helps too, like, the other games were very linear in terms of, like, story and progression. This game, it has a linearity about it in terms of a story, but, like, because of the open world aspect, like, you have your main story beat you fall, but also you get other beaten path things. So you you get backtracking. You get areas where you can revisit, and it just becomes this like sort of... fucking Resident Evil 4. Exactly. It becomes the sort of experience that you want it to be after a while, and mm-hmm. it's really neat and special for a God of War game. So when you're traversing the open world, especially on, on like, open water, because, like, the, you know, there's these uh, just parts of the map that are, like, sequestered away that mm-hmm. you have to use a uh, a raft. Or, sorry, not a raft, a but a boat. Yeah. A boat to get across. And it's in these moments that, you know, father and son kind of talk where Atreus has this initial... Uh, point of view that he thinks his dad just like doesn't give a shit about mm-hmm. his mom dying or him himself, right? And it's it's apparent to show like, it necessarily. In there's the so many instances where they're having a deep emotional moment, like when they're getting the wood and about to like they're coming with the idea of okay, like I wanted to scatter her ashes. That's the whole point of the game. Like the whole plot, like A to B, is like they're literally just trying to climb a mountain to scatter his mother's ashes right. to to uh purify it not purify it but to memorize her uh memory essentially and memorize her memory memorize her memory <laughs> gotcha. C- commemorate her memory whatever. i'm not gonna let you have that one uh <laughs> but that's fine I'll, i got claudio sanchez over here <laughs> fucking it. good eye sniper uh, i shoot you run <laughs> you have this really basic storyline but they build such a world around it that's cool so there's this one moment in particular and like there's the boat there's yeah there's several of them scattered throughout but there's this one where atreus gets fucking mad at him for Mm -hmm. just like not showing any emotion about Faye's death Mm -hmm. and he he actually like puts him in check Mm kratos goes like no like don't do not assume from my silence right that i do not feel grief or like i don't warn her and he was like oh i sorry like i didn't know and then like kratos actually has a moment where it's like no you wouldn't you don't know my ways Mm -hmm. and that's such like a like god damn that that dynamic right there of like it says so much with using so little Mm -hmm. and i love that the game does that so many times there's there's another moment where kratos actually even makes like kind of a reference where uh 
it's a moment where Atreus wants to help out spirits that you find throughout the mm-hmm. world, and he keeps on thinking like, oh, if we save him, he's gonna be good, or he's gonna be free, or whatever. And then like one of them ends up fucking him over. Yeah, just then, only one of like yeah. the twelve you have to help out. And his dad is just like, I told you. Yeah, like he like he warned him beforehand, like do not trust spirits, <laughs> you know, be- because it's, it's not gonna work out <laughs> because of his experience and what mm-hmm. happened in, in in Sparta and all that. Like he has known to be fucked over by the fates and by the gods and. Atreus, bless his soul. He's such a pure character. I He's know. just like mom would have wanted us to do good, to do exactly. this, like to take care of people. Don't you want to do that? And he's like, be weary, boy. Like, just always have your guard up about it because, like, yeah, you could want to do good and have the best intentions, but other people don't. And there's this sort of world weariness from Kratos in this interesting perspective that you're getting, like atreus's version and his where it's like right. he's seeing the world through his own scope of sparta and what happened other characters don't <laughs> and it's kind of rough to see kratos impart these lessons that are in contrast to what Faye would have wanted because mm-hmm. Faye was very much a compassionate person and that's shown through how atreus views situations mm-hmm. or even reacts and kratos is there to go like you need to close yourself off mm-hmm. and that's rough because you're just like dude that's I don't know if that's good parenting, but no. it's like <laughs> the nature of it's skewed because it's like, well, he knows that Atreus is not just a human boy. He mm-hmm. knows that he needs to teach this kid responsibility because he needs to come to grips with the fact that he is a god. He, is, he something is more. There... And he keeps that from him. And that's such an interesting kind of like well, little dramatic beat too. This game does something interesting for at least like the first act or two where Atreus is very ill. And, and sick and you're not sure what is happening kratos in the back of his mind probably knows that it is his godlyhood or some sort of illness kind of like breaking through but atreus doesn't really know what it is has no idea has no idea he's it's, struggling with it and just does not have so any concept of what's happening it's this sort of secret like not only does he keep the secrets of his own past life to himself but he keeps that from atreus and it, it kind of boils over in a really crazy way right um but I, I like their moments a lot. Uh, they're all very well realized. You get the the initial coldness where like Kratos doesn't even feel like he wants to like touch him or be near him or put his hand on him to the points <laughs> where like they're fighting and arguing and hitting each other and it's so emotionally rich to the points in the end where they're like they're laughing together. Like you get to hear Kratos like well, n- not like not like fucking not like, Kratos <laughs> version of laughing is like a chuckle, not like guffawing <laughs> and like slapping their knees, but it's like ha. Huh. And like, <laughs> like, yeah, being like that was a great hey, you are funny. Ha huh? ha, you can make a joke. And it's just like, there's such a, a, a strengthening and right. an arch of their relationship. And it's cool. You don't often get that sort of dynamism in games. I mean, you get it a little bit from characters like Ellie and Joel, um, Elizabeth and Booker, the sort of mm. companion things where it's like, there is growth, but it just, it feels so much more personal here because they know each other. It's but personal. They don't. And then there, there's also the gravity and weight of we know who Kratos is. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to see this character there. Yeah. Again, I, I keep on comparing it to Logan where it's just like, shit, dude, look, you're, you're older. And obviously like your entire, the weight of your entire life is shown on your goddamn yeah. face. That's how you feel about Kratos where he, he's, he's a bit quieter, but there's just something where it's like, damn dude like you you feel a little sad yeah the dude well because you know you know I, I think because this is a new world you have your hopes and wants of like what is this game going to turn out to be what of his past is going to come crashing around right. him and it slowly starts to do that because like you get the initial rain in of like their relationship but then they go back to their house and there's a knock from a stranger like there's an intrusion somebody from the outside world who comes barging in and is like I know you, like, you're this person, case of mistaken identity, whatever you want to call it, but he is claiming to know Kratos for what he is. And, and he, it's a disruption and to looks their like little a, life. 
goddamn hipster some bitch. Ooh, through he, and through. He looks like cyberpunk Ewan McGregor. <laughs> like, just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it, he looks like um, Jared Leto's method acting. <laughs> He's the embodiment of Jared Leto's method acting. What is, what, what's his name from uh, Jay and Silent Bob? Jay... Uh, J- Jason Mewes? Jason Mewes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he looks like Jason Mewes. He looks like Jason Mewes. That's all I got. He looks like <laughs> Jason Mewes? <laughs> um, but okay. so you, you get this knock on the door. Um, yeah. It's a huge commotion. Oh, hang on. He looks like Jason Mewes <laughs> and Charles Manson had a kid. <laughs> there we go. That's, 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 that's the final hot take. Alley-ooped. <laughs> God, we're we're over the top already. We're just a team. <laughs> we're good. We're a duo. Yeah. But so we're this dwell. dude happens. There's a confrontation at the door. Kratos mm. shuts him out. He's like, "You gotta go. Like, you. D- I'm not who you think I am. Go away." And that's such a such a weird juxtaposition between the Kratos we know from the original mm-hmm. games, which have been like, "Hey, I'm gonna tear your fucking head off in like the next." Yeah. Minutes. Literally, if somebody came knocking or stepping in Kratos's direction, he would decapitate him, <laughs> like without a second thought. <laughs> right. The Mormons hate him. Yeah. <laughs> But then Atreus is like, well, what happened? And he starts to explain it. And then this dude fucking just comes bashing through his door and starts a fight with him. And it's, and it, and it's like <laughs> one of the best, like, superhero fights mm-hmm. in a video game. I think Greg Miller was harping about that. That's what like, everybody calls like, it. I was like, what does he mean by that? And then when I played it, I was like, oh, shit. We're, like, flipping around and, like, uppercutting each other yeah. into the, the fucking stratosphere. Yeah. It's a stretch of the imagination at it's some a, point. It's such a badass fight, though. It, it, I, I was playing it initially, and I was like, do I like this? And I'm like, I don't know. It is cool, but, like, it takes do you I away. Do like this? No, it takes you away from the weightiness and the real. You knock realness. them through trees, son. <laughs> he literally <laughs> probably takes a tree and smacks you across mid It's amazing. It's like, wild and crazy. Dude, my jaw was dropping during that moment, but I, I get it. It's, so, it's no, different initially, than the rest of the, the yeah, gameplay. Yeah, and I thought it was like, some of it felt a little corny. Not like corny no, and ham-fisted in the way some of the original writing had felt at time. Like, it, the original games are, they're well-crafted. I'll give them, mm-hmm. they have a nice polish and, and style to them, but like, the writing was kind of inconsistent. So here I was just like, well, I don't know if I'm buying it, but halfway through you're like, well, no, this is a God of War game. Like, there are feats of the imagination, like stretches, like... Kratos did shit that no normal human should do. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's not out of the ordinary to see a superhero fight. I see what you're saying because yeah, yeah. like it, it seems like a more like you know grounded setting. Yeah, and especially like the how the perspective shifts and especially kind of like the the brevity of the game. Well, the especially because you're right not word. seeing him be a god in the beginning. You're seeing him be a normal being, a normal human. You don't. Even, he doesn't even have the blades. His mm-hmm. arms are bandaged up. You don't quite know what's happening with that. If, anything which i all. love is another thing that it's just like goes something to show they hold he's close hiding from. yeah he's hiding that aspect of himself from mm-hmm. the rest of the world because he he's ashamed of it to yeah. a degree and what what's another super interesting uh, about this story is that it's it's steeped in norse mythology mm-hmm. but unlike traditional uh norse stories every so-called hero like balder who you just described mm-hmm. or even the thor and odin are portrayed as villains in this game mm-hmm. they're all the bad guys because that is that is an extension of Kratos' worldview. He mm-hmm. believes all the gods are selfish and petty and violent and vicious. And conniving and like just really out to get you just because of his one experience. And, and he's definitely kind of right. Well, in this case, <laughs> I think because there are so many different versions of these characters told, like, Norse mythology is like an interesting syncretization of like Christian religion and Catholicism and Germanic stuff. And it's just, it's all over the place. So you get different versions and tongues of it based off of like, the oration of it or whatever book you come across you know just fucking uh stuff like that 
but in this version they're perceived as kind of bloodthirsty violent beings and they mm-hmm. and they more or less are even the way you come across them and like the texts and the scrolls you find in the lore it's like yeah like i've seen incarnations of odin where he is this benevolent good being but then in the most recent two that i can remember him being they show him as being kind of like cold and maniacal and plotting and right you know out to get everybody and protect himself and so power hungry yeah so it's it's interesting to see that shift in through the lens of kratos um yeah especially as you're like going through the lore in the game it's like how many of these stories can fucking end in decapitation right it, <laughs> like, it, it gets a little ridiculous to the point of like I, then i got to where i was kind of fatigued i'm like okay really you killed your way through the entire greek pantheon what next like who are you gonna go off next you can't yeah no more hellhounds <laughs> okay so i want to get into the actual core gameplay itself so like unlike the older games it's not mm-hmm. from a sort of quasi fixed perspective like one two and three were this one actually uh does the batman route or mm-hmm. resident Evil 4 route and puts the camera over your shoulder and god it's like just the game feels more intimate for so many reasons because of that choice you know? I, I love it some of my favorite ps3 era games like dead space and resident evil 4 yeah, and yep. there's another one i'm thinking of that i can't quite remember at the moment but even more recently resident evil 7 like here's a war actually is another example of uh using that perspective that re4 kind of set the mold for oh cool yeah. i actually never played that one no but, I, uh, cliffy b always references that resident evil 4 actually helped inspire gears of war that's yeah. awesome yeah i could yeah. see that especially with the, some of the way the the mechanics and the shooting is, is shot up in that right, but um no it's 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 good it's got a weightiness it actually helps ground the combat um while having free range with the camera mm-hmm. um the way they uh kind of allow you to employ it is is brilliant and one of my favorite tricks this game does i initially saw it in a tweet i don't remember who it was somebody on polygon somebody in kotaku one of the, the talking heads that I, I love to follow um they said the band <laughs> yeah Keskasi. Psycho killer. Okay, go on. But they were saying, keep an eye out for it. The entire game has one continuous directorial camera cut. Like, it's one continuous shot. So playing with that and the fixed shoulder thing, you get so many interesting shots and lineups and 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 eases of play, and it makes the game feel really unique. Yeah, the, uh, that interview that Corey Balrog had with uh, Kind of Funny when they did it, we, I think it was the Gamescast. Yeah, it was. Uh, was so intriguing, because I didn't think about, like, he was like, yeah, we actually shot this game single camera. Mm-hmm. And I'm like what and it was apparently a huge technical feat because he was like i want everything to blend seamlessly mm-hmm. like there's no disconnect between cutscene and combat there are no cutscenes in this game well i mean t- no it's yeah, it's yeah, yeah, all no, right. not not the tra- traditional <laughs> yeah. shot cutscene but yeah. it's all like within the game itself and mm-hmm. it's so fucking good and by the way just an aside now that we're getting to the directing side of it mm-hmm. christopher judge as kratos oh he fucking knocks out of the part uh not traditionally played uh has not played kratos before uh oh really yes correct i didn't know that yeah yeah yeah. no uh i believe the first guy his name is tc he's on the scene he's gonna look it up for you no i'm not looking up that i'm looking up something else oh (laughs) (laughs) thanks for the assist (laughs) so christopher judge was in stargate sg1 if you remember okay uh so he plays kratos i forget who plays the son i know someone else uh the the chick that plays Freya has also been mm-hmm. a voice actor before, but um, goddamn, just it's, the way that it looks, the way that it's shot, 
it's all brilliant the way it comes together the the voice acting the work from christopher judge and, and all the supporting cast and characters um but i love I, I mentioned this to you one time or maybe another i don't know probably four times probably you. because i just get caught on an idea and i, I run with it and i talk about because i love it but obsessive the even the continuous camera shot is one of the first times that i ever thought about directing and cinematography in a game on a really granular level like mm. it's you think of storyboard shit for like um animated movies and stuff like that and you kind of get your head around it there but i never really thought about it in terms of video games which is weird because i've been gaming like my whole life you think i would have thought about it by now but i guess because it really they were talking about the camera left and right everybody was like that's really dope what a some, cool some tool. of those continuous shots are very reminiscent of, like that children of men shit you know what i'm talking it's about super cinematic yeah. and just like so artful like I we're gonna talk about in and out of every every plot point and what everything we're, we're gonna get about. our fingers it's all there. the fucking way up there and got a war. Let's get there. We're gonna, we're gonna finger that god. Um, so we're in the world now. Camera set, setting set, nor setting. Uh, how does the game feel other than you know feeling weighted with the third? weighted so fucking good yeah. dude and the thing is is because it chooses to narrow its focus especially in your weapon set mm-hmm. you start with the axe and you learn the axe the leviathan yeah. axe and it has just a few simple mechanics that are so interesting that i haven't seen in a game mm-hmm. so you can actually throw the axe and retract it mm-hmm. like i don't know i guess you're with triangle it comes back well i just don't know why it retracts to him it's just a magical axe right it is yeah i don't know if it's some sort of ruin or stone he has it's a, on him or it's maybe dwarven it... magic actually that was created because you find out that the uh, the brothers sundry and brock yeah. created it together they are Four now Fae. segmented mm-hmm. but they also serve as basically again your re4 merchant mm-hmm. what's so funny is that Corey in that uh, same interview that we're going to continually reference yeah because this is well that's one of the first post-release interviews that he did and it's so and, and it's such a long one too. it's a long one it's really good it's really fast fascinating and interesting to hear him talk about like the development and all the stuff that went into it and all the characters and all of his inspirations so specifically for century and brock <laughs> yeah he actually said that um he was like well the merchant from resident evil 4 like what are you buying it's like well what we, wanted are you selling? Write, we wanted to write a character that was like well what if you actually knew what his fucking backstory was yeah and that's where century and brock came from and i was just like Resident well, Evil you get introduced to inform the best game of the year. <laughs> I think you get introduced to Brock first. Yeah, Brock and you're like, Brock. oh, this gr- uh, gruff little uh, dwarf. He's like kind of a blacksmith. That's cool. Whatever. It's not going to be anything. It's just going to be a character that you might forget. But he talks about his brother and this other stuff. And then you go to other areas in the game. Yeah. Um, uh, gradually and then you meet Sindri his brother and he talks about having a brother Brock who he's a little fucking um, I, disconnected I, from I love that the game actually like <laughs> takes the extra step to try to give you like a softballed narrative reason to why they appear in every fucking area where it's like oh yeah we just uh, travel between the realms yeah. not, not a big fucking issue at all yeah <laughs> and you're like Sindri's oh, got okay. the Narothri passage covered I've got the rivers and I'm just like dude you set up like this entire fucking Network. Skyrim shop that you have here I'm not sure how you do it just like slipping through I think through. there are 30 gate ways so they at least have set up 30 <laughs> gateways all over that that spot of midgard yeah so I, I love that shit though but the so the leviathan axe created by cinder and brock uh is such a neat little thing because it actually is not just incorporated in the combat it's incorporated in the puzzles too where it's mm-hmm. like oh you throw that shit because it has frost powers it freezes like a a gear mm-hmm. in like a door or something you run yeah. through the door retract that shit good to go right and it's so satisfying and they even talked about Corey talked about how that was almost not even in the game the retract because yeah, yeah. The, the dev team wanted to be an auto retract and he was like no i want this to the player to have agency with this mm-hmm. let it be like a face button where they can retract it yeah. whenever they want and then 
like they weren't on board until they started coming up with ideas for puzzles and shit for mm-hmm. it. And they're like, oh no, actually this is pretty dope and you can do so much. You could fucking actually like, uh, you have an auto target that can uh, paint a target of multiple uh, enemies mm-hmm. and you just flip that shit yep. through them as if it was Captain America's shield. It's, it's so really, good. really dope. And I think they needed, that agency is important and that weightiness because like, other than fighting with your fists, like the the axe is the most weighty weapon you have in your arsenal, so it needs to feel grounded and all of that. And the decision to bring it back, like, God, it feels good. You like the controller vibrates. Oh. You hear the sound effect of it going. <laughs> Yo, when I when like, I when I pop on my Sony Golds, that's the best sound in the world. It's, it's amazing. It's like jizzing <laughs> in your ear canals every time. Oh my god, <laughs> wink. It's. It's so good. I love it. Um, and especially because, like, the game, the first fight you have is with the stranger or mm-hmm. Balder, who he's later revealed as. You calling him the stranger. Well, because like, for a while, like, we're, all, we're all friends here, Daniel. We can fucking spoil it. Okay? What's up, Balder? How you doing? How you living? Suh, dude. Suh, dude. <laughs> Come at me. Knock on my door. <laughs> oh, jeez. I gotta go get it. I gotta go get it. I gotta go get it. So you get the fist fight in the initial part, but then like as the fights go on from there, you find different ways to use the axe. And like um, I don't know if you said it yet, but it is upgradable. There are trees to it, different skill sets, and yeah, he doesn't listen to me. Like, I'd say oh. yeah, I kind of zoned out for a second, but <laughs> no, um, thanks, dude. But it is very customizable and cool. Yeah, yeah, um, super cool. I'm gonna let you take the ball on the the surprise weapon. You know, I'm oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna get there yet. What do you mean get there? I, yet? I don't want to get there because the axe you go through probably mm. half the game thinking that that's the only weapon, and you hope that there is something else. Because in, uh, in a lot less than half the game, to be fair, to be fair, it's half the story. Depending on how you play, half the story beats. Like half if, the story. If you just mainline the story, that? yeah, I think so. It's a mid story. Okay, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right because I did pad out my time with like doing the side. Oh yeah, first. I, I did too. I we did an opposite approach. Um, I played it kind of straight. Um, I saved a lot of the side stuff and quests for later on, mm-hmm. and you you kind of padded out the experience. Um, and because I, I just didn't want to like end the game. I just wanted to yeah. keep on seeing everything that it had to offer. I, I felt the same way, but I I felt so gripped by what. Mm sony santa monica and company did here that i was just like i want to keep finding out about this story in this world just, and like just it is cool just to say it dude Corey had you by the nuts he had me by the nuts he's fucking swinging me around it like i'm a, a blade firm, of chaos it was a firm grip yeah. but tender <laughs> at the same time give me your tender supple love Corey barlock and i love the directions that he tugged it it's it's really <laughs> it's really really great so you have the axe um in the other games you have a different arsenal of weapons yeah yeah, yeah. um that you get throughout the but this one it they're kind of just move sets that are imbued in the axe like rune attacks yep. you have your light ones and your heavy ones that kind of help vary up the axe combat you get a shield um so you get really reliant on that especially thinking of the world in that context of like how i can use it on top of that um initially i wasn't sure how big a, a part uh atreus was going to play if it was going to be kind of like a backseat ellie and, and joel thing but still kind of emotionally impactful you're gonna I, have to put him on a raft yeah every four I, minutes <laughs> i didn't know how integral he would be to the combat and you can right. actually use him really well because he he's a little archer yeah. uh i don't know if by fey hand or not, i think it was by Faye. not not the cartoon more think hawkeye <laughs> but useful <Okay>. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> little hawkeye yeah boy 
And you can actually like the you can uh, it's mapped to square. Mm-hmm. You can choose when he shoots, and typically whatever enemy you're looking at, you don't even have to aim. Just as long as you have the camera kind of geared toward him, towards him, he'll fuck them up. Yep, it's great. And then he gets like more attacks in his arsenal, where I, like you can have these spirit animals mm-hmm. like shoot out of him. I I have like bulls, I guess, like, yeah. running toward the enemy, and they keep him like stunned. And I go up and just fuck them the fuck. It's dope. Up. I initially had the wolves, and now I have like the um, they're I think ravens or birds, but. Right. You have two different types of uh, elemental attacks that you have the mm-hmm. light, which is, is useful in puzzle solving situations because you come a lot of, across a lot of crystals and runes that you need to activate. But the other one is the lightning and the lightning is so dope because you can do chain attacks with it and stun enemies. And it, it adds such a dimension to the combat that like you didn't think it was going to be there. I know. <laughs> like, what? like I'm just like, okay, well like he's just a, you know, tag along NPC, you know, but it, it's amazing to see how far we've come since Ashley fucking Graham hiding in dumpsters <laughs> to Atreus actually being an active uh, participant, like yeah, yeah, an active participant in, in battles. And actually, it's not just that he gives you call outs too, mm-hmm. where he'd be like, Dad, behind you. And literally, yeah. if you dodge, like, oh, you just missed an axe in the face, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and I, I, I think it's very rarely he does it. he get picked up and taken away and you feel like the whole situation is jeopardized or that you even right. have to keep an eye on him you he feel a, like he can fend for himself yeah and it's cool it's really oh god it's it's great i love that just so, every everything that they th- do. those are elements to the gameplay that i thought were really interesting um they have the typical ramp up you have that crazy superhero backyard wrestling fight and then you come across like droggers and trolls and giants and witches and like it's all really well handled, and the enemy design and, and AI is super cool. Um, when I started playing the game, I was playing it on, on normal, just for the fuck of it. But then it felt too easy for me, because like, I had Platinum God of War 3 uh, on the PS3, and there is a difficulty trophy for that. So I wasn't sure if there was also going to be one tied to this initially, because I didn't look up the trophy list at all. But um, I was like, oh, cool, I want to play it on hard, because that's where the God of War challenges for me. And then the AI became smarter and harder, and it just, ugh, the, the combat became so intense, and I loved it. I loved having my hands on it every time. Some of it's a <laughs> bit much, especially when you run into shit like the Valkyrie fights. Oh my god, the Valkyrie fights. We're going to get into those, but those are honestly... For all the boss level type shit you're gonna you think you're gonna get in the game that you don't, the Valkyries are kind of the bosses in this game. Like they're mini bosses. Yeah. There are like eight or nine of them, but they're some of the most challenging fights in the game. Uh nine actually. Yeah. It's it's a wild good time. It's a wild good so, time he's got. You wanted me to talk about the other one though. The big I reveal. Do. Okay, cool. So I had wondered if they were going to bring it back. I knew they were going to, though, because it's such a, a thing that we I were... didn't know they would bring it back to the degree that they use them. I thought it would just be like a little throwback, a little nod or something, or maybe even like something that you were granted at the end of the game. You yeah, like kind of a last act, like, here yeah. are these, have fun with it, enjoy your last few hours until the credits What roll. is it, then? The Blades of Fucking Chaos, my oh, dude. The Ghost of... of... Chaos! <laughs> Ghost of... <laughs> It's it's brilliant. Um, midway through the game, something happens with Atreus. Um, he falls ill because of the sort of waking god sickness in him, and which I you, never really understood. Yeah, you actually get to a point where, like <laughs> later on, um, you not only come across Balder, but you come across um, some other demigod-like characters, mm-hmm. uh, Thor sons, uh, Magni and Modi, and he kind of falls sick after that battle because it's like it takes a lot out of him, and you have to bring him back to Freya, who's kind of delegated to this uh, woodland witch. Uh, role because she was banished by odin so you kind of have some interplay with her she takes care of him and you're told you have to go to this realm called helheim where you can basically get this thing that will help save him and and cure him in that moment and 
Mimir, God, I'm throwing these names around because we haven't actually introduced them. No, no, we haven't. But okay. M- wait, wait, wait. did that happen before the blades? Mimir? Mimir? Yeah, Mimir goes with you to Helheim. Okay, so Mimir is who you said he was uh Odin's right hand man. He is Odin's right hand man in I guess the I I forget the name of the book again. The Sigmund Edda, we'll call it. I, oh, the Odyssey. I'm, the <laughs> I'm gonna look it up real quick. Hold on. A Christmas Carol. Uh, a Christmas Carol. But he <laughs> in that text is known as um Thor or Odin's right hand. He finds him in a battle. Uh, it's like a Vaser Ager battle or something that's that's mm-hmm. noted, and he's just headless. And he takes his head, he brings him back to life, he re-enchants him, and he's known in that universe for his knowledge, his wealth of knowledge and his secrets and all that. So Odin's like, I can use him for my good. In this game, there's kind of that detachment where he served with him for a little bit, and then Odin cast him out, tied him to a tree. And but he, yeah, but not, you, not just tied him to like, a tree, like, like he is the tree. He, he's in internal torment <laughs> yeah. and, and imbued into the tree. And he gets Kratos to just lop off his fucking yeah. head so he can finally travel away from this fucking tree life. Yeah, well also you kind yeah. of need him to uh, go across realms because in his eyes... Uh, is the spirit of the Bifrost, right? <laughs> which allows uh, realm travel, which is something it's I didn't so dope, think actually. this game would would touch on. No, at all, it does like, though. It, you're it, like it really fucking embraces North mythology. And, like, <laughs> and honestly, like I I hate to be that new, but I I'm only familiar with it through the Marvel movies. Uh, like, yeah, that's all I really know. Like these names are remnant. Like you know, I I I, I they're familiar, but yeah. I didn't know that much about it. Um, so what's interesting, he actually puts Mimir's head, ties it to his fucking waist, mm-hmm. and the only thing I can think of is fucking Lollipop Chainsaw. What? Okay, I don't, I don't quite get that one. Or the, okay, the lead character, Lollipop Chainsaw, yeah. puts her boyfriend's decapitated head on her, uh, waist, oh, and really? he <laughs> just kind of, like, provides quips and shit. The That's actually kind of cool. It's the same thing, I'm just like, Jesus Christ, did God of War literally just ape Lollipop Chainsaw? His thing is interesting, too, because he provides yeah. sort of a bridge to the world for you like atreus knows some things um based off of what Faye has told him but mimir is the mouthpiece of this this universe and it's really that good to have that like conversation like you know wheel grease yep because just the two of them like it's it's fun and interesting but it's there's fine. still that kind of like awkwardness between them you know mm-hmm. just because they are family to have this third wheel come in and just kind of be this mediator between them right while also serving as a really clever way of uh introducing lore and and, and giving us exposition about the world around us because mm-hmm. like to, to have just atreus know all that shit it's like damn how much time did you spend with Faye, motherfucker yeah like, it would be you know weird everything? and it, it would kind of stretch your imagination a little yeah. bit and you're like okay this is cool coming from him but like i like that it comes from a, a character who is realized in the mythology like it, know. it's yeah. it's really 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 dope um and he goes with you everywhere at a certain point and he gives you tidbits about like the world and and atreus and him have a cool interplay because like i don't know too often when you're walking around he talks other than like uh with narrative stuff but like when you're in the boat with him he'll spin tales of like giants or things that you've come across like oh we saw a shrine Hey, or about Odin and the or about Odin. themselves. Uh, hey, Mimir, tell me about this. And Mimir will tell you as long as you're in the boat. And then, like, it does this cool, like, design choice, too. Like, when you step out of the boat, he's like, I guess we'll save that for another time, then. Right. And, and he literally and, stops what he's saying. And then when you go back out, he'll actually bring up that story in an organic way. He's yep. like, so, where was I? I was talking about uh, Odin and the, the Allfather. Like, and then he goes on from there. The note that was made about this game, I think one of the one of the reviews, I forget which mm-hmm. one, said that the game feels like a game made by gamers. Oh, yeah. I can completely see that. Because that's an annoying thing that would happen in open world games where it's like, oh, fuck, they're not, they're not 
they won't shut up. Like, I'm in a building where somebody else is talking to yeah. me, and this motherfucker's still, like, going on his speech or some shit. Or, like, GTA, when you're driving around, it's like... It's just oh, nonstop yammering. When you leave the car, it's like, oh, fuck, we dropped that conversation, and we're actually never going to return to it. So, what the fuck did he say? So, you, stu- you start doing stupid, unnatural shit, like slowing your car or parking just outside the checkpoint yep. <laughs> to listen to the conversation? <laughs> no, I get that. This game doesn't do that. It, it- feeds you what you kind of have always wanted from games. It's really, really dope. Just, just a quality of life decisions yeah. that they do in this game. It's that, so good. that you think about that you don't know you take for granted. And need the boat, and then, for instance, yeah, where like no matter where you go, even though you dock at a certain point with your boat, mm-hmm. if you go to another shore where you can go out into the water, your boat will be there. Just yeah. because it's like fuck having the track where you're, you we left your boat. That would be stupid, and it doesn't flow with the type of levels that it is because mm-hmm. it isn't just like an open world. It really yeah. is like this is a manufactured tomb raider batman-esque world that you interact with in a certain way so it doesn't make sense to be like okay cool now you got to backtrack all the fucking way back to get your boat (laughs) yeah no it's cool i was wondering about that on one of my most recent playthroughs i'm like wait a minute does it show up at every shore and it 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 does it It makes it really easy and convenient and i i wasn't sure because initially when they started introducing the fast travel system and how to get around and stuff like that i was like this feels kind of weird and cheesy because it was all one way yeah initially Mm -hmm. and then the network opens up to you where you can go back and forth like once you get a a bit further in the story but it's it's really well handled and even with that like that's how they handle cutscenes. Uh, not cutscenes. I'm sorry. Um, loading loading screens. Yeah. Because so, rather than just showing you a loading screen, you yeah. actually walk through the 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 realm. The realm between realms mm-hmm. is what it is to fast travel. That's such a cool thing. It and, is. And then Mamir will talk, and there's continued exactly. conversation. It's like so dope. Like whereas, like I would be staring at a screen normally that goes on for maybe like three minutes of a Skyrim uh, loading yeah. screen, and it's this like this game doesn't waste a second no. of time. It's either gameplay, story, or something is going on. From, from a design standpoint, it is a feat it is just brilliant and a masterpiece and and so good um (laughs) i'm gonna say it right now because i'm gonna forget it otherwise the book that i keep referencing is the poetic edda or the prose edda that's the sort of text oh rolls off the tongue poetic edda poetic edda poetic edda i don't know why i have to sing things or remember things it helps your Hmm. memory like ties to the tune that's why Mm -hmm. they they say jingles and commercials are really effective (laughs) yeah it's a psychological thing earworms earworms Earworms, yeah it's called so the poetic edda is now your earworm for the episode (laughs) um so Mimir is in it. He tells you, we're going back to yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the initial weapon uh, derailment we had there, where he tells you you have to go to Helheim, which is a, this realm of the undead where all the dead go to. Um, and tip, typically it is Where police. James Woods lives. Where James Woods. He's there. Hades. <laughs> yeah. uh, Megara is there. Your Kingdom Hearts characters are there. Everybody's fucking there. It's jamboree. Okay. Um, we're there. <laughs> we're there right now. It's great. Um, he, so it's... Usually this kind of guarded land, uh, typically the the Valkyrie are there kind of policing the dead and, mm. and keeping the dead ones in Helheim and letting the rest go above and ascend into Valhalla based off of their merit and what they've accomplished in their life. And it's overrun with the dead. And you're like, well, I have to fight my way through this and, and get to this, this thing that's going to help me uh, save my son. But first they make you go home. And this is the first time you go home since the story really sets you out from home like initially fighting the stranger you're like okay i'll go back and the entire time you're going there the combat is non-existent the gameplay slows down it's more plotting you kind of feel that they're gearing up towards something 
and the steps when you go back to the the house when you're in the village and you're kind of coming back into the wildwood uh you fight a few enemies and then the combat still feels weighty it's like okay it's something geared towards something what is it you go into the house he opens up the chest and like there in in just all their glory are the blades and oh, it's the just blades of chaos it's such a gratifying reveal to see him put them back on yeah <laughs> like it's so cool and the entire time i don't know if it's on the way there or the way back but uh athena the goddess who originally um cursed him in the first games like she's there paying at him like telling him like of what he's done and reminding him and paying at him he's like i don't care like i have to save my son <laughs> like right and i love the fact that it isn't just like this kind of like oh here's a little bonus for fans of god of war it's like it has its own mechanics and it's as important and gets as much like uh play time as the leviathan axe does yeah like you have to like switch between it because uh, obviously the the nature of the blades is uh fire mm-hmm. and then your axe is ice and you will run into enemies that are like a little bit of both it actually kind of reminds me of what a uh, dmc devil may cry did mm-hmm. where it's like you had to switch between two types of enemies like i, I believe it was like red and blue was oh, cool. how the game split that it's the same thing in this game and it feels natural the way they it do does because like i was i was walking around for the longest time just using the axe and like mm-hmm. to finish my shit and doing the axis combos and then i was just like in the middle of fire was like what if i just fucking finish this combo out with like the blades yeah and it was just like oh shit <laughs> i think i was watching you do some of the yeah the it's not like post game stuff but it is sort of stuff towards the end of the game it's optional uh, op- it's optional it's not narrative based although there is like lore tied into mm-hmm. it but um you're doing it i'm like you use your axe lot you're like yeah and i'm like why don't you use the blades and like just kind of switch it up a little bit because like the game doesn't teach you to do that no. um and up until a certain point like the last fight of the game um i don't know if i should say it but the last fight of the game is is with balder he's kind of like a common reoccurring uh antagonist if you will because i'm not going to call him he's not the villain a villain because he is beloved and and known in a good way as being a hero in this sort of norse lore but in here in in kratos's eyes because he came at him and he thinks he's somebody else and he's on a mission that odin sent him on Mm -hmm. uh yeah like he has to defend himself and he thinks that balder is a monster and a villain and he has to stop him Mm -hmm. so you have a fight with him where he alternates between like fire and ice attacks and the same thing where it's like on the fly and very strategically too the 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 combat is so strategic you have to like think about like okay am i gonna use the axe here i'm gonna use the the blades and Mm -hmm. it's it's so well designed when you use your runic attacks too because they have they do they deal such big damage they do they have a cooldown Mm -hmm. and then like i love that you could fucking actually orient uh your gear towards having like lower cooldowns and yeah shit like that god god the, 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 the soft rpg elements of this game like i love it because it's not bogged down with menu after menu of shit it's just like you, the game very clearly lets you know like this is better yeah this is like a rare item mm-hmm. this is a pretty decent item like i love that shit god it feels like for the direction they were going you didn't think they'd be thinking about stuff like this but like cory barlog and company they had their ears to the ground they were keeping they're self-attuned to what made modern gaming and open world games great but they're like well we're not going to create that full experience we're creating kind of a combined storytelling experience here. right and to have that like aspect like when they were saying it was open world i'm like oh no like i'm i'm really like i always say it, i'm kind of fatigued on open world games so i was kind of like reluctant but the way they like very cleverly and streamline some of these these ideas to you it makes it easy to manage um the leveling trees are cool the rune upgrades even the the armor upgrades like that you don't think you're gonna need because mm-hmm. the original games didn't have them uh you become very invested in and and you come into the the want to upgrade them and 
fucking put enchantments in the slots and find certain armor sets. It's, and some of that shit actually looks cool. It does, yeah. You can, make you, actually... little, you can dress up your little boy. Yeah. And he looks like a little badass. So actually, some of the costumes look like some Game of Thrones shit. Too. Yeah, God. But he he looks like a little fucking uh, Bran Stark. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. It's dope. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the blades are back and they're better than ever. And God, I, I've wanted to post a God lot. God of War. Boy. Boy. I wanted to post a lot of stuff on Twitter about this game, but some of the more recent things that I had been wanting to post had the blades in them, and I didn't want to quite ruin it. So I was like, eh. I feel like a month out, like you're good to go on that. You like, should probably you know. know that it's going to happen, right? But it's such a cool reveal, and it only helps it, further. And actually, uh, the the trophy that you get for getting him is hidden. Yeah, because they knew they were mm-hmm. hiding that shit. It's in none of the fucking marketing or anything like that. It's such a. I love that they did that. They're like, we need to have like a good surprise for fans in here to make them realize that this is still God of War, dude. This isn't just us aping The Last of Us yeah. or something like that. Which know? is what everybody was kind of fearful of. It's like, well, right, how is it any right. different than The Last of Us and what Naughty Dog is doing? And it's... Uh-huh. It is different, but it's also informed by it. Like, exactly. Co- like, Corey Barlog... It, it, it's not sequestered or, or shut no. off from these ideas, and that's how fucking modern gaming should work. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you had a good idea? How do we expand on that idea? He he knows his contemporaries and how to tune into them, and he, he said on that one cast that we're going to reference that he admires Neil Druckmann's and Naughty Dog's work, and mm-hmm. it's it's very apparent here, especially the way he tries to tell his story and, and show the bonds across these characters, and it's it's brilliant. It comes to you with a pet pedigree that you you've seen before but is so polished and refined and it's it's good um yeah i didn't i didn't think we were gonna get quite this game i do want to like get into something so a theme that's like laid out like we're gonna go huge spoilers on this okay uh, kind of about the ending of the game too okay i well first of all i didn't expect the game to end where it did because really? i almost did f- feel like it was gonna ramp up to like okay we keep on hearing about thor and mm-hmm. odin oh yeah are we gonna fight them like is it's like the obviously that's got to be how it ends where it's like i i kill thor i get to odin and it's like it doesn't end there yeah it doesn't it's just like no no no. we're starting to lay the groundwork for what this direction for kratos is Mm. we don't want to blow our fucking wad on the first game and Corey even said that like they had those elements in there originally Mm -hmm. but it was just like he took a moment big right he was just like guys writing the second game at this point you know like we need to kind of rein this in and they're like no no no, no, we have to have this and he's like no no no, trust me it's going to take away from what we're trying to say and Mm -hmm. do and the fact that they did show such restraint in that makes those smaller moments even more powerful it Mm -hmm. makes the whole it's a big story feels kind of epic well the world feels big but the story is really intimate small and intimate yeah that's what it is um and they like you started to say like they reined it in because this story it wasn't the story wasn't supposed to feel big no the story is kratos connecting with his son and honoring his wife and atreus's mother's life and death and doing this one thing she wanted and finding out about themselves and who they are the world that's told around it is really what ramps up into the future of what is going to be mm-hmm. this series you think he's going to go on another like norse killing quest like it's going to be god of wars <laughs> one through three all over again. right and i think if they gave us like drip feedings of that it would have been cool um, they do it in really interesting ways where, like, I didn't even know Balder. I didn't know Mag uh, Magni. I didn't know Moody. I didn't know they oh, were... Oh, who, by the way, are played by Troy Baker and Nolan North. Oh, shit. Such a cool fucking... Sony family, son. <laughs> They're literally in yeah. every game across the They really sphere. are. It's it's great. Like, I, so I didn't know those people. So I was like, okay, cool. They're here now. Um, are we getting Thor soon? Thor's got to be coming soon, right? right. Like, like, and especially you see things about Odin. You see the ravens everywhere. You hear Mimir talk about him. You hear Freya, like, 
anguish over him Mm -hmm. uh, over what he did and he's not there the thing about this game is like you have the interplay of you and eight other uh sub characters Mm -hmm. and then the other character is the world you feel the presence of these other gods like odin and thor and everything else and their impression is made on you but they're not there yet but they're not there they're not that's there the yet. most it's, amazing thing about that's it. that's how cool this world is realized and it's 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 magnificent and what's what's <laughs> really cool about it too it's like you you get this sense of like this is not a a thriving world where we are on the apex almost of something big that's going to go down mm. uh and eventually that's actually ragnarok as described yeah. by mimir and other characters in the game mm. where they're just like something is coming and you get hints at it and you almost feel like, damn, is the game going to end there? And then you feel like, no, they're really ramping up for something much larger that's mm. going to be told throughout different games. And you know what? I'm fucking into it. I'm uh, down to where they're going with this. I am too. It's it's really... And the, the it's fact, a big idea. Yeah. And if they could take their time with it and really be as thoughtful with the first game as they are going for, as they could be going forward, we're going to have masterpiece after masterpiece. And like I said before, the, <laughs> the fact that they decided to like really just tie it off at yeah. a certain point in this game kind of made what they're trying to say just feel bigger more mm-hmm. impactful the fact that what it really this game was about is kratos coming to grips with who he mm-hmm. is in order to be who he needs to be for his son yeah. essentially is the through line of it and it's a the, chapter of closure the thing that fucking gets me is just like you know when he's uh confronted about the nature of gods especially seeing that balder is this personification of everything that he hated in himself mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying especially since balder wants to kill his own mother spoiler who is Freya. Mm-hmm. uh and, you know, we see Kratos kind of end that cycle and, and tell Atreus that we have to be better. Mm-hmm. And that's such a big thing for, like, especially where we saw Kratos mm-hmm. through the first three games. Where it's like, dude, he was... Remember that one scene where he tore off that dude's head? What the fuck? There are a lot of scenes like that. That that series was a bloodbath Saturnalia. It was just fucking redonkulous. And to have Kratos say, like, this is who I was. I was known as the ghost of Sparta. This is my story. You need to know that's important, but you also need to know that I am trying to be better, and you need to be better, too. I mean, he hides that through a lot of the game. Like, you go through a lot of beats you go to tears temple who's like kind of this renowned giant uh of treasures and whatnot and everything mentioned else. so many times and, and it's so cool you come across this old like uh roman vase and it has kratos on it yeah. with the blades yeah. and he smashes it and he hides it from atreus and there's so many beats where like he doesn't even let him know that that's who he was and mm-hmm. then when he comes to, to grips of everything and and realizes he needs to be better he lets him know like when they go to helheim uh together the second time there is the the beat where he sees himself with uh, Zeus, who is his father in in the games, and uh, you see him talking to him and then kill him. And uh, Kratos is fucking scared shitless. He's like, my son is going to see this. He's going to judge me. He's going to think of me of a monster. And he doesn't even see it. He doesn't even care. He's like, we got to go on to the next thing. Like, we got to go, Dad. Like, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you were. It matters right. of what we're going to be. And I think that's such a, like a, a cool and important through line that god of war of all games like they tackled i didn't think they could touch it but no it's hats off dudes like it's so good so i do agree i agree 100 percent the the hyperbole that you're hearing around the game mm. it is one of the best ps4 games it is one of the best games to come out this generation yeah. i i i love i adore this story mm-hmm. i adore the direction they went and i adore the fact that sony was willing to be like this is such a high profile franchise but mm-hmm. Do what you need to. I to be able to foster that kind of idea yeah. instead of being like, no, 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 no. We need a more formulaic approach to God of War. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? They're like, no. You have free reigns to reinvent this and make this something, and we will give you 
money and time to do it. I love that that something like this could be brewed on such a mainstream level, mm-hmm. essentially. Well, for me, and I, this, I kept this in my mind. I think a lot of people kind of forgot. Like Kratos used to kind of be like one of the mascots of Sony of like the PS2 mm-hmm. era and then PS3. Like he was a known face and. His games kind of dropped off, and then people kind of forget it in time, and with just being this fucking blood-soaked monster who wears his dead ashes and all this other <laughs> shit. Like, Love yeah, he, dead ashes. He was in Mortal Kombat. That was kind of cool, but like, um, <laughs> that's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> he, he was he was just hanging out there killing oh, Freddy Krueger. He was in PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. See, so like they relegate him to all these ridiculous things, and it's like, well, no, the Sony brand is strong. Our first party games are what we pride ourselves in our stories our experiences and to give Corey the chance to step back into what almost felt like a franchise that fell from grace and was like okay go back in and do what you need to do to make it better and and move forward um and i'm glad they did because like five years later and like to hear the sort of ups and downs development things they went through and the sort of decisions they played with and and he fought against or maybe he fell back on his own because he was so in his own closed-mindedness of like, I have this vision, this needs to happen, and then succeeding until the, the the wishes of others being like, oh, well, maybe it is better this way or that way. And it's it, it was such an interesting story to see how he mm-hmm. came through with it. And I don't know. I Game development is interesting for both of us. We both like hearing about it and, and talking about it. But I think right. this is a very particularly good story of a franchise and a company ascending again and, and rising from the ashes which again it's good uh, that it's the kind of funny games cast the cory listen to it it's interview. amazing please do please yeah. check that out because it's so it's so interesting to just hear that man talk because he is very passionate about what he does yeah and, and he's he so humble and thankful. so invested into this and you know it, yeah. i oh god fucking love him i uh, love that man i love i love I that man blow him. Oh, i'm gonna say it now i'm sorry cory i want to blow you oh. <laughs> So what else we got here? We yeah, got yeah. Um, we start talking about the cast of characters. I think one of the cool inclusions um, that I they had teased you from the E3 trailer was uh, yeah. the, the World Serpent. The World, world, the world Serpent, serpent is so cool. The way he talked, dude. Again, if you have the Sony Golds and you hear him talk, it's like, Bulldog. Bulldog. <laughs> like holy shit! It reverberates through your bones. It's it's <laughs> the sound it's so and, and the way they they design him is just amazing. And I love how they used him throughout. Like, mm-hmm. I actually I don't even want to give that away. I don't even want to talk about how they use him. Like at the end of the game, mm-hmm. it's so good. He's one of the coolest inclusions. I love him. Um, God, it's so good. He actually in the mythology the only character to be able to defeat him is thor thor like slays uh jormungandr that's the fucking name uh so that's pretty dope um and i i like his interplay too with with atreus because this is kind of like a a large time traveling serpentine sort of thing is he a time traveling serpent between realms and dimensions yeah like does he really just for fun he's the world snake because it's because like in the game he's just kind of chilling he's just like i'm gonna watch this temple see you guys doing good okay you're fulfilling a prophecy good (laughs) yeah he's like all right good boy (laughs) (laughs) god why didn't they make him do it so he's so cool um because i've heard about him in passing um and in the game Jotun, uh, a Thunder Lotus action pack <laughs> game, I love that game a lot. Uh, you see Jormungandr kind of swimming to and fro some of the levels, and he becomes kind of a, a problem for you, where you have to kind of ev- evade him. Um, so to, to see him in this game, kind of working with you, and and oh, it's it's so good. Did you just say to and fro? To and fro, man, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to bring that back into just like everyday casual combo. Yeah. Listen, yeah. if we're dropping the pros, Etta, the pros Etika here. 
We can say to and fro. Prosetica? The prosetta? I thought it was prosetica. Wait. The, the poetic edda. Already... Poetic edda. The poetic edda and the prosetta. <laughs> the prosetta. Um, okay. So I love it. What else do you really like about this game? What worked for it? What worked you? for like, it? Maybe like through the entire time or maybe something that stood out for you. <laughs> I feel like I'm being interviewed. Yeah. Like, We're uh, just talking, bro. Like, am I going to get the job, dude? Like, just be I just want the money now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So obviously, like, you know everything we just discussed is what worked for me mm. uh i feel i like how they did the weapons i like how they did i like how they did the exploration in the game because like mm. you know i'm a big proponent yeah. of exploring your environment rather than being whisked from part to part mm-hmm. and i think they did it in such a way where when you did run in the story elements it was not like just obtrusive like mm-hmm. let's say because far cry feels that way where it's just like hey i'm doing my own thing and exploring and then the story just smacks you in the fucking face and you're like i'm stuck on a mission now until this is over like no god of war is like no you definitely if you want to go somewhere and do a story thing it's very deliberate it's Mm -hmm. a very deliberate choice it never just kind of like hits you with it like with an invisible barrier or Mm -hmm. some shit so it's it's smartly like laid out oh i think too you have sort of the organic nature of the way the can the continuous camera handles it to where you sometimes don't notice the smooth transition between like what like gameplay then walking then a cutscene because it all happens so seamlessly yeah yeah yeah. whereas like a game like far cry is like really loud and in your face and like when you (laughs) go from like handing in an objective to the next cutscene it's abrasive yeah it's true. so it's it's just different the way they handle the two can we talk about the valkyries now Please. oh you want to talk about the valkyries the valkyrie fight which is unworthy, unworthy. <laughs> such a huge challenge but i'm glad it's in there i'm really really mm-hmm. glad it's in there because i th- this is like the closest element where i okay i hate it when people compare things that are difficult to dark souls just because they're Mm -hmm. difficult but in this way it kind of is dark souls like because you these are fights that you're gonna have to like learn the enemy's patterns and you will get punished through Mm -hmm. them and you're not very few of them was i able to do in one run and that was only because i was fucking my metal was tested by the other uh fights that i had already because like some of them are a little easier yeah I, I think on average you you're able to level Kratos across experience and armor sets and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I go think and prepare anywhere between level one and five. You're probably not ready, but like six and above, like I feel like if you have the right armor sets and, and jewels and enchantments equipped, you might be balanced enough to take them on. There was only one that I I got on one go, um, but also I was like I said before I was playing the game on it was like hard. Too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and those fights are particularly demanding and tough and yep. really require you to study every sort of enemy you design be, choice. Your timing has to God. be pitch perfect, just like Dark Souls. Yeah. Where, because <laughs> when you miss, it's a big punish on your oh, health. Yeah. They take out like For sure. sometimes a quarter, sometimes half, depending on the difficulty. It's They're so <sighs> intensive. And the Queen Valkyrie... Sigrun? Sigrun, oh my god. Holy shit. I did that fight probably no less than 35 times yeah, before I actually probably. got it. I'm Same. not kidding about that. Same for me. And I wasn't like, it wasn't like I was uh, inadequately equipped. Mm-hmm. I was like a level 8, yeah. close to 9 when I took on that fight. Oh shit. Yeah. I think I was hovering around like level 7. Yeah. But I went in with a, um, you get these cool things called resurrection stones, which mm-hmm. kind of give you like a second win to fight, but they have like three different types. And have this cool like a, a moment for Atreus, like he runs up and fucking puts the stone in your chest and like and breaks it with his knife to like resurrect It's so crazy cool <laughs> yeah. the way they do it. Um, and you come back and you either have health or you can have like, um, you get the, what is it called? The fist of Sparta, the fury attack, like the, where you have to press an R3, L3. Oh yeah. You're right. You're Spartan. Just, rage. you're just a rate. I just forget, Spartan rage. Yeah, I forget what it was man. called. So you get that, you can come back with that and it's, it's dope. So I would go into fights with 
my meter already full and then the resurrection stone and they were they were tough dude i i spent a lot of time fighting those those bitches and you got to know when to like uh push and when to like just kind of hang back, back off like... and and it, it's it's such a dire thing where it's like the way that i was playing especially that last fight with the queen mm-hmm. was i needed to get her to a certain amount amount of health yeah. lost before i felt comfortable dying on my end yeah. and having a trace resurrect me and then using my spartan rage because it gives you health yeah. as you land hits and just having to like very strategically like have that go off and choose when to like have a trace because in that fight you have to she has certain attacks that only a trace can take her down with mm-hmm. his arrows and you have to know exactly when that shit's coming yeah. because if you let that touch you <laughs> you're done that the, fight's done this game does two uh fight choices that are really cool yeah. where they give you indicators you see a yellow uh kind of like bronze uh ring around an enemy and those Very are attacks Batman-esque. you can like yeah. kind of deflect or like evade from and then you get red attacks that you cannot dodge like you can't like block but you can kind of evade smart you can evade you can dodge um, but, or, or some of them actually there's no distinction apparently yeah. but you gotta use atreus to yeah. stop it so she does a lot of those because she is the combination of the eight valkyrie you fight getting up to her she does every one of their attacks yeah it's it's <laughs> so much like you have to basically remember and internalize it all and it's such a fight God. It's like if every Mega Man boss just combined in the yeah. one and threw all their bullshit at you at once. That's really exactly what the Valkyrie Queen is. They're, her fight, though, and their fights leading up to it, though, are so cool. Like, it's kind of what I wanted from the game because while this game has a big feel to it, there aren't many big fights that are rooted in, like, the mythology. Like, you fight Draugr and, and Hellions and shit like that, but, like, you only really fight uh, Baldur, Magni, and Modi. Like, yeah. so you don't get right, a lot right, of, right. like, really huge norse fights um even though like i said the game has big moments so these these nine mini bosses it's just so cool mm-hmm. and you you wonder about them because like you hear about the valkyries and like no they're not in helheim they're not policing the dead they are where you actually get like a little profile you get a profile for every like, one of them who they were yeah. and what like what they represented and what they did like you know they would basically uh choose who is worthy mm-hmm. to move on to valhalla upon death yeah so they would always be combing through battlefields <laughs> essentially so and being cool. like this motherfucker deserves to go up you know yeah. it's so fucking cool to how they incorporated that oh this game's so good it's, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna give it to you it, it, it's probably my game of the year so far oh hands down i spider-man could take take the the throne and mm-hmm. red dead could take the throne but for right mm-hmm. now god of war has left the biggest impression for me because like as as you were saying even as we've rolled credits and got every trophy we still find ourselves wanting to go back to it yeah i i said that to you this morning last night i stayed up until you one... actually i woke up and you were standing over my bed and you said that to me and i wasn't really i mean i was into it that's not what happened that's exactly what happened um... the lights were off and i don't know why your shirt was off well you're drinking some sunny d and i was singing this is america <laughs> <laughs> this is america oh man yeah no we we love this game i like i said i stayed up till one to platinum it and then i woke up this morning and i was like i wanted to play it again i wanted to start it yeah. over i wanted to go back into it because it tells such like a just a unique story that is familiar and fresh and fun and compelling and all the things you want out of a game like this is everything i've ever wanted out of a game in a single experience like, everything yeah okay so you got Visu- sucked off during this one? Yeah, I didn't dude. know that. Oh, yeah. Is that what the PS4 Pro? Is that what that does? <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, it's basically like kind of like a, like a telegram and you get a knock on the door. It's 
Corey, Corey it's Barlock. Corey. He's in fucking Kratos makeup. He's got his dick in a box. It's your Gonder. <laughs> Should I suck it? Is it gonna suck me? What's happening? He, he, gets, he goes up to. He's like, Do you want to see my world serpents? <laughs> and it just fucking flop. Like it f- destroys the ground it lays upon, <laughs> and it, it sucks you off. And that's God of War. That's the, no, the post. That's actually that's the ending of God of War. So no, I I love it, and um, I love every beat of the story up into the end and the way they even handle the the end of the game um mm. which we haven't really talked about yet um the 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 trek to jotunheim like the entire game you're like okay we got to get to this the mountain summit to scatter these ashes but then uh, along the way something happens and you're like oh we have to go to this other realm because this realm is actually the highest peak in the entire yeah like world everywhere so they're like okay we'll go there we'll scatter our ma- ashes there and you go to jotunheim and it's the end of the game you get like a lot of the big reveals there you have the most tender kratos and atreus moments and it's 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 good writing it's good storytelling it's it's there it's awesome it's such a smart game it's a very mm-hmm. clever combination of familiar elements but just spun in such a way that's very unique into yeah. itself it's, it's it's good like it's a game that definitely stands out it is what it sets a kind of a the benchmark that we have already been coming to expect from Sony's original games. And I'm yeah. so happy that it paid off in the way that it did. And I'm glad that, again, I'm glad that they mm-hmm. gave it the time to breathe and gestate the yeah. world so that it became what this is. It's so good. And going for Okay, I know Corey said that this is the pretty much the, the complete package yeah. where it doesn't sound like DLCs coming this way, and I kind of figured that it might have been because when you're actually when you travel between the rounds, there's a radial that shows mm-hmm. you the different rounds that you can travel to, and some of them are blocked off. It's yeah. like Odin will not let you traverse to this, or yeah. uh, travel's impossible to this round. And I'm just like, oh, that's got to be DLC. Yeah, but... it's it's so because like you, the center of the world is Midgard. That's mm-hmm. Earth. And then you have the eight or nine realms around it, and you get to access, I think, like five or six of them. Yeah, and there's some of them, especially because, like, we, well, we don't go to uh, you don't Asgard. Go to Asgard. Uh, there's Svelteheim, <laughs> you don't go there. You, there's another one you don't go to. Valhalla? Yeah, Vanaheim, sure. you, don't, you don't go there. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, And it, that's what kind of kept me hopeful that there would be still big moments in this game. Because right, I'm right, like, right. those realms are there, yeah, why wouldn't we... Um, yeah, because you think you're gonna go to you know fucking Asgard and punch Odin. Yeah, the, the whole time you're like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking <laughs> stuff his ass full of ravens. Scott, quit sending him after me, you dickweed. That but... makes such a such a fucking jarring sound. Oh I my hate god, it. it's like my it's like a, a knife <laughs> on plate kind of feeling in my yeah. my skull. God I want to come back to them because uh, they are kind of cool and important. But yeah, you get all these realms, and you think you're gonna get to go to them, but well, you don't. And... Just a reminder: I, we pretty much uh, burned up the runtime of Titanic <laughs> talking about this game so far. Yeah, I'll let you know that right now. We're we're in the wrap up stage. We're still in an hour and a half. We're good. So you wanted to say that there was gonna be DLC, and in my mind, I was like, no, this game feels really complete and deliberate, and I don't think they would have shoehorned more DLC because like you get these language. Uh, spheres or whatever to go to two other realms and they're basically like challenge realms which are they're different than the other sections like you go to um nilfheim mm-hmm. the realm of the mist and you go to uh musilfheim mist musilfheim where surter from the hit film thor ragnarok is located oh really <laughs> yeah that, that's where he's from oh no shit yeah. okay i don't know that. surter the giant like flame giant yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i know you talked about it. in so, fact like he's referenced in here too he is yeah he's one of the giants that you come across in one of the shrines and uh yeah you climb his volcano and you do these these challenges like these trial challenges and it's it's cool but like i didn't want three more un- unlockable realms of that i figured if they were gonna let us go to asgard or anywhere else like it would be story rich mm-hmm. um and i don't think they would piecemeal that out on dlc 
I think they might, if they do, maybe they'll do a Frozen Wildlands approach like they did with right, um, right, Horizon, right. do a huge expansion, and maybe, like, and this is me kind of spilling into, like, maybe what the future of God of War is, but, like, imagine this, an expansion back, uh, God of War, Ragnarok. And maybe it's just, like, a whole, like, expansion piece dealing with the events that lead to it. Right, or something right, right, crazy right. like that. Because um, at the end of the game, spoiler, big fucking spoiler, bust your dick with it, uh, you find out that Atreus <laughs> is known amongst the Jotun giants as Loki. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Loki historically is known for the causation of Baldur's death, which brings about the whole events of Ragnarok, which Correct. is basically like the, the shaping of the, the whole realm, and everything changes because of that. And that's actually why um, Odin is after Atreus and you, because he knows he's been told before that that child will bring back his demise. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how all these characters get rolled into it. And And actually initially Kratos thinks that, uh, Baldur's after after him him for something he did or he has no idea that this guy's a God. (laughs) So it's, it's all because of some prophecy in there. They're after Loki for that because Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, Ragnarok is the end of all ends for these Norse motherfuckers. I will put it this way. If they release more content for this game, mm-hmm. I'm going to eat that shit up. Oh, I, I so will. Okay? Cause, but from that same interview, mm-hmm. uh, Corey Barlog basically said, like, there's nothing we held back from this game. Because he wanted to make his own orange box, which was just like... Oh, yeah. I love that he said that. Fucking dearth of content. Yeah. Tell, tell people what the orange box is if they don't know, like, real quick. Why the fuck wouldn't you know? Anyway, when Valve made games, <laughs> which I understand is a millennia ago, yeah. they made a collection of, uh, basically it was uh, Half-Life 2 mm-hmm. in both of the, its expansions, one part one and part two, and they actually threw in Portal for the first time. That was the first, the world's introduction to the game Portal. Nice. And uh, I forgot, there's, oh, Team Fortress 2 was also on that yeah. disc. Yeah. And that came out to consoles too, and like he like Corey loved that he was just like i can't believe a studio actually Mm -hmm. put something out like this where it's just so much content so that that's basically that's where his mindset's at so that's why i'm not too hopeful of for it to be like oh fuck yeah we're gonna get like a a season pass or shit like that. i don't want that from this game because like something like this that tells such a story i feel like they need to give it either the last of us or the horizon zero dawn approach where if they're gonna give us story it has to be very supplemental i don't want just challenge rooms like true true, i don't know like those parts of the game are interesting and they kind of um interrupt the ebb and flow of exploring and like say you get bored of like looking for artifacts or shrines it's like cool i can do these challenge things now and then go back to that later and keep exploring the world and it it just rounds out the gameplay in a cool way that i felt was so necessary so it's good um you want to talk about the the road to this platinum real quick the road to this platinum? Yeah. The road that you've already blazed? Oh, yeah. I fucking took my Spartan Rage out yeah, you on did. every trophy on that so, list. Okay, so part of it is actually completing the realm of uh, uh, Nilfheim, mm-hmm. right? So Nilfheim is an interesting fucking challenge because... Yeah. It's Tell me co- about your time there. It's covered in this pink mist okay. <laughs> uh, brought to you by Bath and Body Works. And it actually... De- there's a, uh, a new meter above the screen that depletes. And when it gets down all the way your health starts to deplete too because this miss is effectively killing you and your little boy. Yeah. And your task during it is that you need to essentially close these round tears. Uh, but the only way to do that is to collect a currency called mist echoes, which you only get from chests that are scattered between... Okay. The map is this giant diamond, diamond mm-hmm. essentially. And in each corner of the diamond is another huge fight with either a... A small uh, selection of cadre of enemies mm-hmm. that are all difficult unto themselves, or 
uh, with larger enemies like trolls or mm-hmm. some of the boss type enemies or sub boss. You enemies. never quite know. Like you know, the bigger rooms are always going to have like mm-hmm. uh, a mini boss feel or a big boss feel. Yeah, and everything is, in between is what is it procedurally generated? It is procedurally yeah. generated. Even the traps that separate the points of the diamond. Mm-hmm. So there, you'll have these fucking buzz saws coming your way, yeah. where you got to like navigate and roll <laughs> out of the way like you're fucking Indiana Jones mm-hmm. with uh, what, what's his name from uh, uh, Temple of Doom. Short round. Short round. <laughs> Mr. Jones. You're fucking arrow throwing short rounds. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and there's actually a Valkyrie hidden in there too. And it is quite... It's, oh yeah, there it's is It's anxiety inducing because you have essentially a time limit. Mm-hmm. And of course you get a little bit more time stacked onto that when you open up chests but Mm -hmm. it's such a minute amount so what you have to effectively do is uh get certain armor i think ivaldi's armor to protect you from the mist but it doesn't like you know it doesn't make you immune to it it just slows it down slows down the g degeneration they do that where it slows down the degeneration and it also does health regeneration struggled on that word i don't know man my tongue went to nothing there (laughs) it's simpatico (laughs) it's it's bad but yeah so you get these armor cells that are basically beneficial Uh, yeah yeah. but you'll spend no less than three hours doing all you need to do in there i'm halfway through it because yeah. i've or actually i've closed two of the round tears but i have one left mm-hmm. and every time you fucking bust open these these uh cosmic vaginas mm-hmm. enemies come pouring out you have to kill them <laughs> you have to kill them and what's funny is the fights and the tears are actually way easier than like surviving out in the diamond of, oh, of doom <laughs> which is the stupidest shit but you have to get so much of these miss echoes yeah. to actually unlock like the chest and fights that you need to do up there it's damn near probably seventy thousand missed echoes and like 65 apparently 65,000 oh, <laughs> fucking god i love yeah. this game this game is brilliant but never have i felt more frustrated what a or, bitch. Or, it's de- a bitch. or derailed by this realm That's what and it like, is like i get it but also it didn't need to like you could have given us less missed echoes to have to get you could have done some devil may cry shit give me like mm-hmm. a, the the tower of souls or whatever the fuck yeah. where you got to fight like you know tower or floor after floor of enemies nah this shit's like hey you're going to fight a bunch of fucking enemies and also you're constantly dying and also mm-hmm. there's traps that can kill you instantly. Enjoy. And also, fucker. yeah, it's just, yeah. you initially were like, no, I really like it. It's cool. And I'm like, yeah, I like the idea of it. It's cool to get to go to this different realm. But it's like, just a bit much. Just to get that trophy is like just a bitch. Like, and you don't even have to do it. Like, say like, you know, you're not like, trophy mongers like we are like yeah. we deal in that currency like you can just go to uh, you got a sickness son <laughs> you can go to fucking um what's it called nilfheim 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 you can go there and be like cool this is fun and then just leave <laughs> you're like fuck it yeah fuck I it i did what i need to so yeah but i mean if you want all the best like upgrades and you do want all the trophies you have to go there because like this game it doesn't have a difficulty trophy, but the difficulty therein lies in doing everything that this game needs you to do mm-hmm. and seeing it all and 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 having you beat every path and fight any every enemy and just learn the game it's you're gonna have to do it like i i 100 percented it trophy wise but i think i'm only at 99 percent in terms of completion because i missed two chests <laughs> that at this point i'm not going back for because fuck them but it's like when in castlevania yeah. when it's like why do i have 99.96 percent right. of the fucking map what, what am i missing and it's like one like, wall that you forgot to like cut <laughs> i know i have it i've already fucked up balder i know yeah. Frey's gonna fuck me up the the valkyries ain't shit to me i'm shitting on tier it doesn't matter i'm not opening those chests they're forever locked <laughs> um, you got your plat man walk i did away. so away. S- some advice um yeah. it is an easy plat to do if you want to just stick with it and do it um for the the ravens and this is something you taught me and got me onto. Uh, they are very sound design based and make a very annoying panging sound and like the best a baby way, crying it's it's bad but sometimes you can't hear it 
No, not too well. Um, so I, when I was hunting them down, I actually found all of these by myself. Like, I very rarely looked up things for this Platinum. Oh, look at you! Mr. Platinum, Mr. Fucking... Uh, You're like Lewis and Clark rolled up into a nerd. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> what was that the old strategy guide called? Um, uh, Prima? Prima. Call me Prima. Call me Prima. <laughs> I'm the Prima Dana. Um... But yeah, I know if you have headphones and you can actually hear them in every area and the game does a good job at telling you what of everything you have in each section of Midgard or yeah. every in every realm. So it, it kind of holds your hand a little bit. It makes it easier. I think the point you were trying to make before, wear headsets. To fucking yeah, wear a headset. Go after Odin's um, Ravens. That, because everywhere I went, I was like, okay, I don't have headphones in, but then I'd pull up my mini map and I'm like, okay, yeah. River Pass. Uh, two of six Ravens. I'm like, shit, there are Ravens here. So I had to fucking plug in my <laughs> headphones and, and just listen. Yeah. Because they could be flying, they could be hidden. But I don't know. I like that they're included because, like, even though you don't see Odin, it's just like, yeah, his ravens are his thing, and that's that's what it's about. Um, I love it. I'm glad I platinumed it. <laughs> I'm glad you platinum it too. Yeah. Now you got to platinum Detroit, becoming human. Oh my god! <laughs> At that point, you can just basically discern that I am a robot. That I have subjected <laughs> my life to as many horrible David KG timelines yeah. that I can and done it all. I thought you platinum Heavy Rain. I got, I got in like to the close? 60th percentile because I genuinely like that story. I think it's really, really good and engaging. And this story so far is that. It's, it tells a really compelling story and is set in a really interesting eh, timeline. Anyway, but, got a war. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like we're in the home stretch, pal. I, think I feel so like we, we've put a lot of words onto uh, Sony Santa Monica's uh, uh, slugger. Yeah. So <laughs> you said it's contender for your game of the year. Uh, contender for game of the year, for me, sure. Me for... For sure. I can say the same for me because uh, the only other game I've played from this year that isn't Detroit is Monster Hunter World. And mm-hmm. Monster Hunter World, while being a very cool online experience and fun and really engrossing, like we put, I put almost 200 hours into that. But like the story isn't there it's just a gameplay based game and it's fun it's fun to be in that world whereas this this is the whole package so this is easily hands down like unless spider-man 2 comes out the gates and knocks me out of the fucking park or red dead 2 which i haven't you know i haven't played called spider-man 2 spider-man i think you just call it spider-man 2 what whatever uh insomnia game of spider-man the one's why can't anybody talk about this new game without (laughs) fucking spider-man 2 coming up in the conversation right so (laughs) it's imbued in us i mean if if that game blows me away cool but i don't think it's gonna touch what sony santa monica's done here yeah i don't know at this point Um, and that's okay if it doesn't because this is an achievement yeah (laughs) what they did is a fucking achievement for sure what do you want this is kind of gonna be our last stretch here what do you want from the sequel I want to keep on going down this path because mm. there's more gods to take down, and I yeah. feel like there's I feel like there's even like some lore that they just just felt that would bog down what they're trying yeah. to do here. So I'm, I'm sure there's more we can get into with the sequel, but I eventually want to go on the path toward Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. I want to see that confrontation play out, and I want to see who Atreus becomes, especially yeah. because. We only know him as a boy, and we only know him, like, right now he, he's confused about the yeah. world and about his own true nature, and I feel like as he gets more comfortable with who he is, mm-hmm. we really... I mean, Loki is portrayed as a villain in a lot of media. A so. trickster, mischievous, not well-liked. Right, but God of War um, likes to flip shit on its head because, you know, all these Norse gods used to be good guys in their stories sure. and they're villains in this one, and maybe that's the difference here. Where it's a story about how, you know, Loki becomes that kind of good figure finally the good god that kratos couldn't become yeah i mean it would be cool to see that but i feel like they're gonna probably lean into him going down a wrong path because you even see it a little bit in this game where he ends up um 
I don't remember which one it is, if it's Magni or Modi, but like one of them dies by his hand. Right, right, um, right. And he embraces that. He's like, well, I'm a god. Like, we can do whatever we want. We can kill. Like, he becomes kind of arrogant. He becomes Kratos for a little bit. And it's like, holy shit. So it is in him to be that same sort of person. And if what the prophecies are saying, like, if this, this god kills son, kills god, kills son, cycle perpetuates, like, Loki might rise to kill Kratos one day. Maybe. Like, if he doesn't hone that in and they don't break that cycle. And and if, like, I feel like they're on the road to three games. Yeah. I don't think it's going to end in part two. Mm-mm. Definitely not. I think in the sequel, it, it can have that kind of Empire Strikes Back feel that we okay. love so much from sequels where we see that villainous side to what Atreus starts becoming Loki. Mm-hmm. And then maybe three, like, dials it backwards. Like, no, the message that we were trying to get to in the first game yeah. finally pays off. Or maybe Kratos actually, like, redeems himself or sacrifices himself in yeah. order for his son to be better like he wants. Yeah. I want to see... I'm invested, man. I yeah. want to see how this fucking plays out. That would out. be like a brilliant resounding note Sony, for them to do. you got me, son. <laughs> you got me. Can I talk about how they got me? How they got you? Their how? post-credit scene that they pulled out of my... Oh, shit, so shit, shit. We're they, going there, huh? We're, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up in a few. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So you beat the game after you come down from Jotunheim. The game continues very seamlessly. It's like it puts you back in the world. And it's like, oh, the credits kind of appear on screen around you as you're kind of descending mm-hmm. from Jotunheim mm-hmm. and going back to the realms and everything. And it's like, cool, I can. there's still game to, to, to bite into. And especially like if you're like me, like I left a lot of the side stuff and side quests there to do because I knew the world was manageable and kind of closed circuit and I would see it all. I was like, I can come back to it. Right. And damn, did I come back to it. I saw stuff that like blew my mind well after the credits rolled, like the the dragon fights and the going to Hanengard and some of those other kingdoms that like are kind of forgotten and tucked away. And it, it was cool. But then at a point I'm like, all right, well I'm, I'm damn near the end. There's some Ravens in the wildwoods. I haven't got, let me go home. So <laughs> yeah, I take, yeah. I take the fucking realm travel. I go home and I'm like, let me check on the hut because I remember somebody saying that like something happens when you go there, and I'm like, okay. Well, cool. they gave you an option when you beat the game. It's just kind of like, okay, well, we can keep on exploring, yeah, or we, or we can, can go, go home. home. We they, haven't been there in a while. They mention it. Yeah. So for me personally, there were at least twenty hours that I put into it between me. No shit. Me okay. doing Jotunheim, and then what I did the other morning where I went home and. Atreus like exclaims, kind of breaks. It's like, oh, finally, it feels good to be home. Like I feel like we were never gonna come back. Right. And, like, that's that's the brilliance of his design too. He's very aware of the world and everything you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go home and they they lay down, they go to sleep, and then just in the middle of the night, like you get interrupted by this fucking thunder and this crazy ominence, and they're at the front door, like shrouded, but still kind of like foreboding is as a figure. And at the end of that, like it's revealed that it's Thor. Uh, it's it's so dope and so cool and you're like okay this is what the sequel or next iteration would be ramping up right bigger better the spectacle we thought we actually we probably both hoped for and, and were weird that this game would be because too much god killing would have been like that's eh, more of the same so the way that it feels like it's laying out is like thor is going to be the prime player in part two yeah. but part three is going to be odin finally yeah which kind of mirrors what the first three games did because yep. you didn't get the zeus until the third game no you see zeus on the pantheon and kind of how he plays and you hear a lot of characters talk about right him. but you don't get the he's my dad i'm fucking first person fish punching him yeah, yeah until, until the end <laughs> which uh, I, I love that they reference that scene in this game yeah they do like even the first person aspect to it i was it's just like what so the fuck funny. guys <laughs> that was one of the biggest moments that yeah. franchise threw at you in forever and i was like that's kind of cool but yeah I, I think that would be a cool like serialization yeah. of like that's okay you I get thor sure. and, and a lot more gods here and then you get this um i don't know i want to fight giants i want to fight surter i want to fight fucking some jotins i want to have epic battles mm-hmm. um 
I don't know. I'm stoked for whatever they have in store next. I'm sure it's going to be good, and I'm sure they won't rush it. Sure. Um, Do what you did here. Yeah. If, this, if the next game can't come out until, like, fucking damn near PS5, mm-hmm. that's what it's got to be. Yeah. That's... I don't rush the next one let us let this one kind of you know satiate us for a while because it's been a while since we had a god of war and this one is yeah it is a game to be celebrated for sure this makes game me, makes me love games Daniel. It, it's one of those games that yeah it reminds you why you're a gamer and why you love the craft yeah. and, and how it is this beautiful marriage of of storytelling and music and visuals and, and God, everything it's good it's uh, it is the pinnacle of modern gaming. That's that's all I can say about it. Like, God damn, that's a with, big statement, like, son. We, we say game of the year. I say game of the generation. Like for PS4, Xbox One, uh, Switch. It, it's it's a contender. If there's anything those. to be called game of the generation, there's one fucking game. Hmm. Overcooked. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever he can plug it, he does it. <laughs> Surprised I don't have it for the Switch. Yet. No. Oh, we should get it for the Switch. That'd be cool. Switch? Local play would be really cool with that. Yeah. No, like no sharing the controller like you had to do on the PS4. No sharing. That's sad bullshit. That's we are sad bullshit. We we are sad bullshit. Oh, we're sad bullshit. Well, I already knew that without you telling me that. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that that about wraps it up, buddy. Spoils of War. This was it. Spoils of War. I'm so glad that you guys tuned in for the uh, excuse me the uh, Dad of War parent (laughs) cast. Um, I also just a quick aside. uh, We released our Infinity War uh, review cast like a couple weeks ago. I think like two two three weeks ago at this point. Yeah, it was like a week and a half two weeks ago. and I'm so happy to have ears on it. Yeah. Like, it's actually kind of surprised because, like, you know, we are, uh, <laughs> as true saver boys, we're inconsistent. <laughs> a little bit. That's one uh, word you could use for us. With our timing. Yeah. Um, the SoundCloud actually still says that we release weekly. Yeah, I saw that the other day. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I have I have weekly admissions. They're yeah. just not podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> something comes out of me weekly don't worry about it right but i'm i'm so happy to have ears on and yeah. if you are uh first time listening thank you if you're a long time listening thank you yeah if you're listening at all thank you so we we do this for fun like we don't yep. we're not not our job games media coverageists or whatever like we don't get to this is still you always say on hobby level and hobby hobby grade hobby grade and the fact that we still put the energy and want into it, and the fact that people care enough to listen whether for like 30 minutes or our whole slog and make it to our end credits or whatever <laughs> fun shit we do to the very end like or whatever stupid bastard would do that i i thank you for it because like we put some work into it whether it is the writing or the multiple recordings or like even the hours of editing that i put into it like right, we're not getting an oscar come on no <laughs> we appreciate you and i don't know yeah We'll see you in Save Room Season 2. Season 2? <laughs> Where it's revealed I'm Loki. Oh, shit. Tom Hiddleston, are you under there? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Matt Damon? <laughs> Matt Damon confirmed dead, by the way, in, uh, in, in God Avengers of War. 4. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> confirmed shit. by the directors. That's awesome. All right, so thank you so much, guys. I have been Kevin. And I am Daniel. And remember to save your game. Nice. The, the the dad of war parent cast. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, big Friday mood. <laughs> big Friday mood indeed, dude. Can I add another thing? Spike these levels. That's my job. Spike these levels. <laughs> That's our job. Bam, 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 bam.
bum, bum. Dad of War podcast. Bum, 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 bum. Are we doing the same song? <laughs> okay, okay, good. It's There's there. just a lot of rules, a lot of things to kind of get into there. Okay. I'm just saying, I mean... I mean, I'm here. I'm here with you. Can you see that? What, what is five to ten minutes of catch-up? <laughs> we live together. We know what's going on with each other. This is manufactured. I don't appreciate a manufacture. I want this. The save room is raw and real, Daniel. It comes from the heart, most of all. Shit. <laughs> you want me to spit lies into this microphone? Yeah. What we've been playing otherwise. Yeah, because we haven't only been playing God of War. Hyrule, Detroit, and Beat Hazard? Question <laughs> mark? First of all, don't question Beat Hazard. Beat Hazard is it was unto a way of itself. Life. One man made that fucking game. Twice. You know, he made, <laughs> one man made that game twice. He was dissatisfied. He looked upon his mountain that he had crafted from the earth uh-huh. and said it was not tall enough. And then he made Beat Hazard Ultra. He's seen the okay. highest heights of Jotunheim. Yeah. <laughs> he, he saw the vision of most definitely Beat are. Hazard. Mm. Um, All right, we can start the episode. Yeah, okay. let's do it. One and a two and a three and a four. Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. Today, I'm Kevin. And I'm Daniel. I gotta go back, I'm sorry. Okay. I gotta I gotta go back, I gotta go back. <laughs> I gotta go back. I didn't think what I would say after that, because okay. I forgot that we introduced ourselves first. All right. We, yeah, we haven't introduced ourselves in a while. People Why remember Why do we act we like this is like, we, okay, anyway. We, okay, we don't have to do like baby's first stumblings, let's just get into it. Let's just get into don't, it. Don't do anything weird like... Did, we're, we're the save room at feud again or anything like that. <laughs> the save room at feud <laughs> like we haven't run an episode because daniel's off <laughs> beating up badgers or some shit <laughs> you are on the reg okay i'm gonna take my socks off <laughs> why <laughs> i don't want to see your toes <laughs> it's the contract <laughs> if there's toes on the fuck out <laughs> oh uh, uh, I hope our neighbors are home. Why I do. Is there always one ridiculous take <laughs> every time. Still, uh, okay, sorry, dude. I get it. Are I you still recording? I'm still recording. Are we starting again? Uh, I need a second. Okay. Let me drink some water. I'm feeling. Maybe, maybe we drink too much coffee. <laughs> <laughs> we fucking went to Starbucks with the intention to wake ourselves up, and then made more coffee at home. I mean. I have the energy right now. Oh my god. <laughs> I spilled in my cock. <laughs> if there was a, a bleeper sound, it would be here. I love that we just get like really stoned or really drunk beforehand because we're such anxious people. And when you turn on a microphone in front of us, That's we, really all it we is, need like, to be sedated to a degree. Because I could have a conversation with you normally. Yeah. No matter how fucked up or we just awake I am. This thing is not on. This is not yeah. on. This is not here. I'm, me I'm not you, seeing this. Me this and dick. You, we're in this together. Like what Trent Reznor said? Hmm? Trent Reznor. Mm, who's Happy that? birthday. Happy birthday, Trent Reznor. <laughs> Happy birthday, Trent <laughs> Okay, that's. <laughs> hey, man, can you just really hear your heartbeat? <laughs> just a right. lot of caffeine in me, huh? Oh man, should I take my socks off now? <laughs> I, get, I get why you did it. Are you feeling it? Now? <laughs> yeah. by, by the end of this podcast, we'll just be nude and talking about Kratos and how much we love him. <laughs> While screaming boy at each other. Boy! 
Oh, that's what Corey Barlog wanted. Bor- <laughs> Borlog. Is it, was this your vision all along? No, dude, the Borlog is the thing that huh. t- killed Gandalf. <laughs> Fuck. Is it? Is it? It's Barlog, Barlog from our notes. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, he is Swedish, isn't that? Absolutely. Swedish monster. We're going to get into this podcast. Okay. okay. And a one, and a two, and a three.